Hey, everybody. This is Hal Lublin. And this is Mark Gagliardi of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Yes. Thank you for being a new member or being a returning member to Max Fun and specifically to our show. We got this. We love the community that has built up around this show in the spirit of good natured debate. Yes. And we're doing something a little bit different this time. Normally in an episode, you hear Mark and I break down some debate you've had with friends and family that just vexes you and keeps you up at night. Like, should you put ketchup on a hot dog? Star Wars versus Star Trek. Uh, liquid foam or bar soap. I'm just watching you try and come up with them <laughs> off the top of your head, the ones that are most representative. I think we only did three episodes and those were it. But uh, <laughs> w- what we did for this is – this is a, a special version of our after show that is called People of the World. It is Ken Plume, our producer, and uh, one half of the creative team behind the Venture Brothers, Doc Hammer – who has been a listener of all of our episodes, going back and reviewing some of the decisions we've done. So you're going to get a sampling of of our previous work, and I hope what you'll do after listening is go and explore the episodes if you've never heard us before. If you have heard us before, buckle in because Doc has opinions. Oh, yes, he does, and we hope you enjoy them right now. Got you a basket. Love your basket. You got a basket? Well, yeah, it's cat basket. It's casket. Wait, that's terrible. (laughs) Don't contract those. (laughs) Yeah. No, she's a basket, but of course she needs to be on my lap. It's the most exciting place on the planet. That's how you bill it. It is. (laughs) How is my audio? Is it impressive? Do you like it? It's good. There's a a bit of room resonance, but I expect that. I'm assuming you're in your office. I am. I'm in an office, which is nothing but a giant. Get out of here. You go find something more exciting than me. (laughs) There's nothing more exciting than you. The cat knows that. There has to be. No, for a cat, there isn't. Uh, there is, there is salmon. Well, you have the basic premise of what we're going to do. I'm going to launch into it, uh, so we can. All right. I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, so three, two, one. Well, go ahead. (laughs) Were you saying something? (laughs) You're counting. Just no. Try to get my cat off. She won't stop. All right, Kitty. I can't even bend that way. Oh my god. All right, last time. I'll go put you back in your basket. She's just looking at me. <laughs> I put her back. I put her down. She never gets a. Oh. All right. Well, there's a big cat sitting on me. I can't stop her. Go ahead. Not gonna get the clue. Uh. And after show. Podcasts should not have an after show. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. People of the world. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a uh, very special edition of the uh, official after show. Yeah, let's call it an after show of uh, We Got This, People of the World. And because this is a special edition exclusively for all of the Max Fund donors of uh, this after show for We Got This, we are having a very special guest on. So for the next, uh, I don't know, indeterminate length of time, uh, my very special guest is Mr. Doc Hammer. Hi, Doc. Uh, hello, Ken. How are you? I love when you do your introduction voice, by the way. It's like talking to a birthday clown. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of like, oh, hey, everybody. Uh, I, I would love if somehow you could make a sword or a poodle out of a balloon for me and then paint cat whiskers on me. I made you a hat with your name on it. You like it? <laughs> sure. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it, birthday clown. Hand puppets for everybody. We're going to put on uh, a show. 
Exactly. Uh, so for, I think, uh, as a celebration, uh, of the fact that a Mark and Hal make a lot of decisions and have over the past 200 plus episodes and B that doc is a person who has a lot of strong opinions and has listened to a lot of episodes of, we got this. Did I, can, can I tell you something? I'm just going to jump right in with a Do childhood it. story. I know this is inapplicable for, we got this, but I have to tell you this story. When I was a kid, this is one of my first true childhood memories. I remember we were in our living room when I was a little kid, and there were two grown-ups who had just seen a movie. Grown-ups, Ken, grown-ups, who had just seen a movie, and they were arguing about this movie. And I was looking at them with, with awe, thinking, if only one day I'll have an opinion. Like that was my, that was like this huge goal of mine. Not like, you know, to see a man and be like, God, I can't wait to have back hair. I saw, I saw a grown up and I thought, I really want an opinion, which in itself is an opinion. <laughs> you just want to argue. From a very yeah, so young I, age, you just wanted to argue. I, I just wanted an opinion. And, uh, uh, boy, did I get one. But I don't know if I was being pr- prophetic. Or if I was just, uh, that was the day I decided to just gain an opinion on everything. Do you that remember everything the- I saw, I, I, I go, well, do you <laughs> like this? Do you not like this? <laughs> do you remember what your first opinion was when the day you became a man? Uh, no, my first opinion was I wanted an opinion. That's the, I had an opinion on opinions. Yeah, pro. I was pro opinions. <laughs> and you've been opinionated ever since. I have. I said opinion just enough times to make that not a word anymore. Great. We so, ruined it. So you're you're one of the few guests, yeah, that actually <laughs> do listen to. We got this. I of, have of their own volition on their own time because you just enjoy listening to it. Which is not to knock the other guest. Everyone has different ways of I spending have, but, their time. But may I make another confession? Uh, not that the first one was a confession. It was more of just an anecdote. But here we go. I only found out about the show because I was asked to be on it. And then I went to go listen to it, and I spent the entire evening, I'm not kidding, maybe six hours listening to it. And then it was in my, I put it up in my Google browser so I could go to it anytime, and I've listened to a lot of it. So, yes, I like the show. So, describe your average listening experience, because, again, you have opinions. My average listening experience, when I was listening, I was in the middle room. I probably couldn't sleep, and I was supposed to be writing The Venture Brothers. And I write the Venture Brothers on a laptop, which also has um, access to the Internet, which is awful. (laughs) A huge detriment to actually writing the show. Yeah, like no other tool in my house has access to the Internet. You know, it's not like I'm trying to screw something in with a screwdriver. and oh, Oh, hey, maybe I'll just listen to a podcast on my screwdriver. No, I can just screw something in. But my job actually is Internet access. So I will. uh Occasionally, well, I'll listen to something that just kind of gets my mind off it. That isn't entertainment-y, because when you're writing, you don't want to get something super entertainment-y. Your, your plots might get convoluted. You know what I mean? I think you do. Don't even need to answer. Ken, don't answer it. I'm not answering. I'm not answering. It's, re- it's rhetoric. It's rhetorical. I was moving it along by going okay. to say, you know, that the nature Please. of We Got This is that you don't necessarily have to agree with their decision-making process while it is final i've been on the show at least twice to my <laughs> recollection i do I've, remember i've also witnessed your arguing skills uh long ago on a different podcast record 
uh, of which we spent, I think, two hours in a hotel room as a, a group of people trying to decide something. Through the course of the evening, you managed to both argue for the thing you were pushing and then against the thing that you were pushing. Yeah, and both times I was able to sway the entire room. And can I tell you this? I also lost my voice screaming at Dana Snyder, screaming at him, like yelling at Dana Snyder. You're not the only uh, one. Then I, yeah, then I had to do that 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 uh, panel with uh, Dino, who was at the time making Moral Oral, where he just laid into Jackson and I, but to the point of it showed up on the commentary for their first DVD. Yeah, well, I mean, the, that whole that panel, I think, is on that... Uh... Yeah, and, and and Jackson Jackson and I did a commentary for it. You're, uh, I think he went after you for being a, a long haired fancy pants, a cool he did kid. Not, he went after you for he, being a cool kid. He didn't like me for my appearance, which is like something that I thought ended in high school. It does nope. not. Nope. <laughs> it just it just doesn't. So he didn't. Yeah, he just straight up didn't like me for my appearance. I don't know what uh, I, I admit that I'm a bit of a fancy pants. I, I freely admit it. You're a bit of a dandy. Yeah, I, well, I am truly a dandy. If you really look at what a dandy is, if I, if you don't mind some schooling, Ken, uh, he was mistaking me for a fop, which I'm not, I, 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 or at least at this point in my life, probably back then much more foppish. But at this point in my life, I am more of a dandy where I dress kind of underplayed, very, Appropriate, but the problem is it's appropriate immaculately, which stands out, which is the problem. That's completely unrumpled as a person. Oh no, everything. Yeah, everything fits too well, and everything's too manicured. It's it's a whole being me is a whole big thing, Ken. (laughs) You are exquisitely tailored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is like a clean podcast. You probably have to beep that out. I'm going to try to work at least light blue for you. Yeah. Well, I'll go back. I'll make sure. I'll make sure you come across as kid-friendly, because I know there's a lot of yeah. kids listening to this right now. I did in that poor book. You edited our uh, um, the Venture Brothers book. And when you first you first sent me the draft, I'm like, uh, can you cut out some of the swearing? And you had this long pause, and you go, I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that book is 90% less than what the two of you did, oh, swear-wise. Oh, it's unbelievable! Foul mouth. We're foul mouth people. But you, but you say it in such a a lovely, naturalistic, innocuous fashion. It's not like you're saying it. It's just it's just part of your vernacular that is. It's not even really there to emphasize anything. It just rolls right out. It's just the way I speak. I got no problem with it. I, I am. Uh, these are words, and they're they're some of our oldest words. These are two thousand year old words from our, you know, the dawning of the Anglo-Saxon language. I have I have no idea why they're naughty, but apparently they are, which is probably why I use them all the time because it makes me feel a little naughty. Let's get into the to the uh, the matter at hand, though. Yeah. Well, I think what we're gonna do, we're gonna go back. I think maybe we'll get through as many of these as we can. I want to hear. Either rapid fire, if you have an sure. instant opinion on these. Uh, okay, that's what I'll do. It, uh, if I got just a straight up opinion, I'm just going to blank. I'm going to hammer it out and pun uh, not intended, but perceived. <laughs> I'm going to hammer it out, and then if there's something that I need to discuss because it's important to me, then I'm then you feel free to elaborate here. and go. Thank for you. It. Okay, so good. We're going to go back to the very first episode. 
Wow. And so the very first episode, I think 10, 15 years ago, uh, ketchup on a hot dog, yay or nay? All right, here's the problem. Do you know what the problem is? Right off the bat, Doc Hammer is a vegetarian. Is a vegetarian. He's a, he's a vegetarian. So now, you know what goes not, on? You're not a vegan. No, it goes on. I am primarily a vegan. And the only reason I'm not a vegan is because sometimes in life, um, the world hands you dairy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like uh, I, I think primarily, not only do I live primarily as a vegan, I live primarily on vegetables. Like I'm one of those kind of vegetarians, not just like, Oh, I just eat French fries all the time. I live pretty much on vegetables. But I you love do them. Eat chocolate. They, boom. There's one, which has there's a dairy right component. <laughs> exactly. There, there's one right there. Now, do I have chocolate a lot? I don't, but if it comes to my world, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have some chocolate. So I'm like, uh, and you I'm do a eat vegan, ice cream cakes. Yeah. I'm a, <laughs> I have a whole thing about adults with ice cream. I don't think it should happen. And I've had very bad adult ice cream experiences. But again, if someone puts an ice cream cake in front of me, I Fudgy can't the whale no. puts an ice cream cake in front of you. You're going to eat it. No, literally Fudgy the whale, like the actual whale. A guy in a whale costume put an ice cream cake in front of me. There was no guy I, in that whale costume. Well, it, it was Fudgy. I know it was Fudgy. You know it was Fudgy. The cat's back. This cat is incorrigible. I can't stop her. <laughs> You're not going right, to stop wins. her. She wins. Uh, she wins. I can't put her down anymore. She wins. So now I got a cat on me. The warm, purring, very old cat. So, um, but you, but you, you haven't yeah. always been a vegetarian. As a kid, as a kid, I, I became a vegetarian when I became conscious of what I was eating. Trust me, I was very young. So I've been a vegetarian most of my life. So um, the last time you had a hot dog, you were probably what under ten? Yeah. Probably somewhere around ten, and I didn't like hot, I didn't like condiments. There are two kinds of condiments: they're liquid and they're dusty. I'm a fan of dusty condiments: your salts, your peppers, your paprikas. These kind of condiments belong on everything. Spices, thank you, Ken. Spice, let the spice must flow. The dusty condiments. Yeah, the dusty condiments, <laughs> and then and then your your liquid condiments or your emulsion condiments. Um, not, not a big fan of, so ketchup, I don't like, uh, and I wouldn't put ketchup on a burger. So here's my thought on that. Just boom, I'll shoot it out. If you want to have a hot dog, you enjoy the hot dog with nothing on it. And then if you put all that stuff on it, I believe you should put all that stuff on it. You should put ketchup, you should put mustard, you should put relish and you should put diced onions. There's no middle ground. Because those are the flavors you want. You know, yeah, you're, that, you're hiding that hot dog flavor with all those other flavors. Exactly. The hot dog is nothing but this weird extruded lips and, and, and knuckles uh, with all those flavors that you want. So I say no ketchup unless it's part of the full Monty, the whole thing. Are you with me? That's my answer. I am. I am with ketchup you. Ketchup on a hot dog only if it's with everything. Would you have if, a vegetarian, a vegan hot dog? Would you have a, a non-meat hot dog? Yeah, I've had a non-meat hot dog. I would, I would put nothing on it. So your absolute answer, nothing. Nothing. No ketchup, no nothing. Right. That's it. I'm just that kind of guy. You go for the flavor that is presented. I'm a simple man, Ken. Simple. You are not a simple man. <laughs> What's your opinion on it? What's your opinion on it? I, I like a deli mustard. So no ketchup. No as ketchup. A, as a kid, I would have had ketchup on it just because that was the thing to do. That's how kids of the 70s and 80s were raised. Yeah. You, put, you put ketchup on a hot dog because it was cheap and it was there. 
Yeah. What else are you going to do and, with it? And the hot dog's probably not that delicious. And ketchup is, is at least a known flavor. Come on. The ubiquitous hot dog of that era was Oscar Mayer, and that was not premium meat. It's an Oscar Mayer wiener. All right, so two, two of us say no ketchup. Yeah. What was their opinion? Can you give me their opinion? So oh, I just absolute, know? absolute no on ketchup. Everybody's no? Everybody's no on ketchup. Good. Okay, agree. Go, next. Toilet paper, overhand or underhand? How do you put the toilet paper on your toilet paper holder? I go over. Uh, I think I had a problem once where I pulled the toilet paper and it wouldn't stop, like it, like some weird sitcom thing. Like I pulled it and it wouldn't stop. Um, and that was an under, so I thought over is the way to go. Also, if you go to a hotel where they'll fold the top of the paper for you so it looks like it hasn't been used where it has, you can tell it's smaller, but they make a little they make a little arrow out of it. And they it's put the on, mint on it, which is also really nice. No, they put the mint on the pillow. Do not – no. You, they should never put a mint next to a toilet. Don't eat that mint. What? What? That, that mint might not be a mint. Oh. I promise you there's no – so because it's done at a hotel and, and these people know how to fix up a room, it goes over. Case closed. Well, you're on the same side as Mark and Hal. I right. – I go underhand, but, but I think that's... Don't let me explain yourself. I will. Go ahead. uh, Traditionally, uh, we have always had uh, dispensers that are against a wall, Mm -hmm. and I find it's it's easier to do the tearing motion single-handed when it is underhand resting against a wall, because you have some kind of tension against the back of it. Wait, what, you, you like knuckle into it when you tear it? Yeah, meaning meaning the wall is gripping it and the you still have it ready to go for the next. Overhand, right. you don't That's get that. Silly. You're basically just unspooling toilet paper if it's overhand. You're, yeah, but you're wiping your undercarriage with wall. How clean is that wall? Oh, I keep a clean wall. Yeah, I hope you keep a clean wall because you're rubbing it into your, your, uh, <laughs> your back address. You also have pets. And you, yes. have, you have to have some kind of consideration for how your toilet paper is arranged when you have pets. You train your pets not to go into the bathroom. Um, I will admit that I have had a dog <laughs> get, grab a hold of it and go bananas with it. I mean, that's I'm that's just like, amusing I'm, then, right? That's just... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not Caesar Milan. It took me a while to train. But <laughs> the, the dog is not going to the bathroom. It's not, it doesn't happen. So three to one. Toilet paper overhand, right? You're, see- you're you, you're wrong. So it's <laughs> this is going right back to finger or toe, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I'm not sure. Next one. Next one is socks. Do you fold them or do you roll them? You know that's funny because I'll tell you this. I just recently went to folding. Just recently, and, and you care a lot about how you take care of your clothes. And, oh, you, yeah. you, and you were a very particular person. I was super particular. But I just went to folding, and I'll tell you why. And it's it's not because of the way the socks are. A lot of people will fold them and then pull the sock. Let's call it the – trying to think of a not dirty word for it. The uh, the, the um, cavity. They would fold the, the, the sphincteral <laughs> edges of the sock over the sock, stretching out the sock. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. You're you're yeah. enveloping 
the right. the bulk of the sock and pushing it into the orifice you've created. Right. So there's like three ways to do it. One, you could pull it over all of the sock and make the sock ball. Then there's one where you can just pull it over it where you're just keeping the two socks connected. What I do is I actually fold the socks. And then when I put them in the drawer, they're all lined up like a uh, a chest of socks where you can see every sock and go, I want to wear this sock today. Like you're in a Wes Anderson film. I am in a Wes Anderson <laughs> Yeah, I'm alone in the middle of the night, and I'm wearing a corduroy blazer. I wish I was joking, but that's who I am. I'm also wearing a pair of silk linen pants, also 100% true. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a lunatic, but uh, (laughs) there's a comfort element. But, um, yeah, I want to be able to see all the socks because I I, I like to coordinate my socks with it. Plus, I have socks that I I, I don't coordinate, but I want to wear. I got my Spock socks, you know. So it's for ease of identification that you fold. Yes, and you can they fit up fit in the drawer better, and they don't stretch out the sock neck. I'll call it the neck. Yeah. So you wear a crew cut of a sock. We all do. What do you wear? Like weird handwoven socks that just pull up around your ankle? I mean, we're all wearing a, a crew neck sock. No, I mean the length of the tube. The, that cut. Well, some people wear like ankle socks. Some people, you know, they're, they're different. Some people are, are oh, walking, right. some walking people around like they're pants. soccer players up to their kneecaps. Yeah. Um, no, I wear gentleman socks. Uh, I wear socks. I wear socks that, that would go uh, up to my calf. I have also always uh, been a folding person. Never. I was never ball. Unlike you, I was never into balling the socks. I was a ball because that's what my mother taught me. But as it became a grown-up, I realized that was ridiculous. Yeah. My my (laughs) parents were also folders. So. Uh, Well, that's it. I think we learned socks from our our elders. Uh, How was uh, Hal and. uh, They're both rollers. Rollers. Also. You've met them. You've I met. Well, <laughs> come on. These are t- they're they're uh they're there's not a, there's a performative aspect to it because everyone who hasn't seen it yet, there's a video on the we got this channel of Mark balling his socks because he has a special Mark method of doing it. Well, Mark, very proud I think, of. yeah, Mark has a um a much more deliberate style of of dress than yeah, Hal. But he also lives like a, you know, a, a Vagabond of the theater, traveling from town uh, to town. Well, no, no, uh, I totally agree. But I still think folding's the way to go. I'm going to go with folding. You're going with foldings. I think we're we're both folders. Yeah. Well, we're going to go so, on to the next one. Right. Go ahead. Creamy or crunchy peanut butter. Ooh. Oh God, I don't know if I have an opinion on that. I'm always I'm I'm happy at either way. I always go with the mix up yourself kind of peanut butter. Obviously. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just you're in that. a Wes Anderson film. I'm just that guy. Yeah, I like that. I like I like the the act of storing my peanut butter. I like the natural peanut butter's taste. I like it that for the first but it's, few it weeks, tastes like putty. Yeah, for the first few weeks it's super oily because you, you're you're not stirring it properly, and then for the next few weeks it's really hard because you haven't stirred it properly. <laughs> and all the oil went onto your previous toast. Um, so. But you can like spackle with that. Here's here's my answer. I, I have an opinion on this. I say not crunchy. 
I refuse to call it creamy. That's absurd. This is just peanut butter. I say not crunchy just because if you so have like a smooth, guest. Smooth peanut butter. Smooth. Smooth is fine. Yeah, if you have a guest, crunchy's not for everybody. So I would get smooth just in case somebody else wanted some of my peanut butter. But for me personally, I don't care. It's a dice roll. I, I enjoy both. As a kid, I loved crunchy peanut butter for the sure no- novelty of it. Yeah, because it existed. And your mom wouldn't buy the kind with chocolate stripes in it. So you're like, well, I'll have the crunchy. <laughs> <laughs> Their stripes never last. That, that doesn't translate. All you get is this goopy schmear all over the bread. Yeah, no, you want the stripes to show up on the sandwich. Yeah, but yeah there, there's no it. fun of it when you, you, <laughs> when you get you to the get a, You can't get a magic knife to perform that stripe. <laughs> yeah, uh, granted. Crunchy peanut butter is a pain to spread on bread. It basically tears the bread up. Uh, you know what? I find that I, I'm i a big bread guy. I really like bread. Um, it is, it's the staff of life. I am, I am uh, uh, I'm gluten hungry. I'm gluten starved. I love my gluten. I'm not part of that uh, uh, weird celiac disease culture that we got going. I love, I love it. I love my gluten. I love my bread. And uh, I don't put peanut butter and anything but toast like i don't put on raw bread i know it's not raw i realize it's baked <laughs> i understand i understand how bread works but i eat the raw bread which is actually just untoasted bread um just as a snack like i'll just have a piece of bread <laughs> <laughs> no butter or anything on it no no that's repulsive no it's, uh, it's i worked out like i would my hot dog i don't uh but it's quality bread it's not like you're you're wadding up wonder bread no, it's yeah, it's quality bread. It's it, it's it's a it's a fine. It's it's usually a wheat bread I could find with the least amount of added sugar. So you're not like just downing a whole baguette. No, 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 no. That's preposterous. No, I don't like I don't eat white bread. <laughs> <laughs> and what about sourdough? If it's if it's like real and I got it at a bakery, absolutely. And rye, sure, with the caraway seeds, with them, Ken, with Ooh. them. What about a pumpernickel? Sure. Sure. I like all breads. I like all breads, except for the breads that have, you know, the, uh, you know, with the, with the, with the egg and stuff, because I am primarily vegan. Right. Unless somebody has a piece of chocolate, I cannot say no. I can't. <laughs> I can't. So I can't say that I'm a vegan, even though I'm pretty much a vegan. I can't, cl- I can't say it out loud because people are like, you're, you're not really a vegan, even though I really do live as a vegan. I'm that guy. Yeah, you know what I mean. You're a vegan with footnotes. Uh, yeah, well, I'm a vegan, but I can't. I don't say it out loud because then I'm part of like this very specific club of people that are proud of their vegan and they're really good about being a vegan. I'm just an accidental vegan. I just happen to not eat. Any, <laughs> and that's and that's the point you've written, right? The accidental vegan. It's it's coming along nicely, and I think I have a little troop, a little a little troop, uh, ready to do it. Yeah. And what's weird is everyone in the audience gets chocolate. So it automatically just defeats the whole purpose of the show. Right. No, actually, nobody in the audience gets chocolate, and they're all accidental vegans. Boom. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hope you enjoy. I hope you enjoy your uh, the you novelty know, your, theater of duck. Your, your, your no, your no milk chocolate. <laughs> oh, you mean white chocolate? No, chocolate is only milk chocolate. There's no chocolate in white chocolate. It's only milk chocolate. Wait, it's it's only milk, no chocolate. Oh, that's right. There's there's no cocoa in it. Right. It's it's like you're making chocolate, but you don't put chocolate in it. That is what white chocolate is. So garbage. It's 
disgusting. Yeah, I don't know why it exists. <laughs> it's just, it's like milk solid, I think, and sugar is what it is. So I can't claim that I would go for crunchy peanut butter, even though I have an affection for it from childhood, just because I don't get it anymore. If I have the option, I'll get smooth just for ease. So I guess I'll have to say smooth. Right, I say smooth only because if I have a house guest, I don't want to offend them with my crunchy peanut butter. You know what I mean? Even though crunchy's fun, it is fun. It is fun, but some people don't like it. Let me tell you how many people I have eating peanut butter sandwiches with me. None. I don't know why I care about this house guest. I don't ever have. <laughs> yeah, that's what you give out on Halloween, right? Just giving out peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah, nobody's knocking on my door looking on for a wheat sandwich. Bread? Uh, no. I- <laughs> No, I gave I gave up Home and Joy, by the way. What? Joy bars. That's what I give up for Halloween, if you ask. Do you go full size? Are you that, <laughs> I, are you that I, guy? I, yes, because I get no people to come over. It's If someone comes over, they get full, like a king-size bar. And I want them to tell their friends. So you're looking to build a better Yes, I want to. Yes. Yeah, of course. You want to be? Hey, we got to go back to uh, to that guy's house over there. Yeah, go to the go to the Hammer House. He has awesome full size bars. <laughs> Do you decorate? Now um, you have now you have the house. I really decorate for Christmas, but for um, Halloween, I just projected lights of bats. So that's kind of decorating because I really am trying to attract them. But we're we're on a cul de sac. You know what I'm saying? Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Emotional. Yeah, so, you know, my house called a set, so nobody's coming to visit me. <laughs> me and my, yeah, yeah, all of us. Like, none of my neighbors get trick or treaters. It's the first thing that happened when I moved in. It's the saddest thing for you came, is to not get they came up. They came up and they're like, you're not going to get any trick or treaters. Like, yeah, but. And you're I, like, I, you know what? I have a plan. I will. I, I will get trick or treaters. See this box I, of candy? I think I'll attract them. It's, it's a slow process. I'm, I'm telling you, the one trick or treater I got last Halloween, which was literally one trick or treater, <laughs> the one, and I was a little was too lost, excited, little too excited about it. <laughs> Here, candy has all kinds of candy bars. Yeah, and he was just like, uh, it was like this little kid dressed up kind of like a dinosaur, and you know, I gave him the massive bar put in his bag and he, uh, I don't know if he was new to trick or treating or something, but he's like, I, I want the almond ones. I'm like, well, that's not how Halloween works. And look in your bag, my friend. <laughs> and he walks away kind of like a uh, crazy person. And then he turns around after looking at his bag and he has this big grin. And he's like, oh, thank you. I'm like, you come next year, you come next year and you tell your friends. Thank you. Halloween Santa. <laughs> Lunacy. Uh, anyway, so yeah, um, uh, we both say, we all say smooth, even though crunchy is a treat. Uh, so the the fifth episode uh, was a weird one because it was basically the two of them doing a thumb war. So there's no way we can recreate that right now. One, two, three, four. I declare a thumb war. Yes. Oh, I won. Sorry. Did I ever? Did I ever show you? First of all, <laughs> a six year old could beat me. Like I'm the worst, like it's weird. And I'm very coordinated, a guitar player, a dual, very coordinated, cannot thumb wrestle at all. Like it's bizarre. 
Um, yeah, but I do like have this, overly precious about it. Like, don't hurt my yeah. thumbs. Those are the money I, makers. I do have this thing that I learned in in middle school, which is you know you do your thing and then you bring your pointer into it, drag the thumb down, and go tag team. That's that's my <laughs> <laughs> that's my addition that I won't stop doing that I learned when I was younger. The, and yet, the yet still team. can't win it with that obvious cheat. No, I can win it with the cheat. That's by pulling in my. But then they go, that's not. Fair, and then I'm start wondering like why I'm doing this. like why am I thumb wrestling? It's, 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 it's the reason to do anything. I, I can tell you this: I've never, ever won thumb wrestling, ever. Oh, jeez! With people have had to teach it to. Oh, this is how you do it. Then they do it. Then they beat me. It's absurd. Well, that'll but be the, next year as the kids walk up for Halloween to get their almond joys. You're like, do you want to thumb wrestle? No, they'll they'll totally because they've got those little thumbs and they can trip my thumb with a little thumb. That's what I'm convinced they can do. <laughs> and I don't exactly. I never really developed man hands. I have I have thin, boyish, nay, womanly hands. I promise you, they're delicate. Not, they're delicate. Uh, um, lies. Yes, that's a good. That's a good life. They're panther like. <laughs> they have hands like a panther. <laughs> You're a panther. Yeah, Panther, of course. Uh, Panthers are known for their slim, delicate hands. <laughs> this next one, I already know the answer to. I would be surprised if you came down on one side of this than the other. So, Los Angeles or New York? Why would I be? Why would you be surprised if I came down on this one side or the other? I'm mean, such a New Yorker. Right. Well, I mean, it would be absolutely floored if you had said Los Angeles. Oh, I thought you were saying I wouldn't have an opinion on it. So no, 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 no. Yeah, clearly you have an opinion on it, but the opinion uh, is not Los Angeles. It's, it's, I, I could go on about this for a lifetime. Give me and one thing. Give me one thing that for you defines what, what New York means to you that LA simply cannot replicate. Uh, New Amsterdam. New, LA was. <laughs> You know what I mean? LA is like this. What, the wait, Dutch? Go. You're saying the Dutch? I'm saying that the fact that, that like this is the this is the elder city. This was almost the capital of the of the United States. Uh, and, and I'm why am I saying this? Because I'm in New York as we speak. I'm in New York, so obviously New York. New York is where it all happens. It's a terrible place to live if you hate change. If you if you want things, oh, to be it, it's not yes, it's not some place to be overly sentimental about you, a particular yeah, store you, or landmark or person because yeah, it's not there. And everybody who lived in New York, oh, I used to live there, and they go back and they're like, I don't recognize the city. And the answer is, it's not your city; it's everybody's city. It changes very quickly, but it is uh, uh, always New York, always New York. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Obviously, it's New York. And they also chose New York. Of course. Of course. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, nothing against LA. It's actually wonderful. Jackson lives there. My bestie lives there. I can't hate it. But it ain't New York. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's, Next one. Yeah. I'm great. Dogs or cats? Oh, it's tough because I love dogs and cats. Um, this is my opinion <laughs> on it. Here's my opinion on it. I would say 85% of people that consider themselves dog people are cat people and they just don't know it. Cause when I asked them, I go, why are you a dog person? They're like, well, uh, you know, dogs are, uh, uh, you know, 
like attentive and you can, you can, you can cuddle them and stuff. And cats aren't like that. I'm like, that is what a cat is. Like if you have a dog, there's so much like discipline that you have to do. And there's so much care that you have to do it to raise a dog that is a psychotic. You have to do a lot of walking and uh, disciplining. Dogs are real, they're like children. Cat, you basically, they on their own, they eat on their own, they do everything on their own, and all they want from you is affection. Dogs barely want affection from you. They really don't <laughs> care. It's, it's, that's what you want from them is affection. Dogs want to do stuff. They want to work. They, they want to be active. They don't want to just sit there and cuddle. Cats do not want to work. They don't want to do anything but sit there and cuddle. Yeah, so I but, think, but it's when they determine they want it. Cats? Yeah. Like the cat, you, you know, if the cat doesn't want to do something, the cat is not going to be controlled into doing something. Look, I got a cat on my lap right that, now. But that's because <laughs> you have to admit that is because she the cat was yeah. insistent that yeah. now is the time you will. How many times do you try and put that cat down? Oh, six. <laughs> yeah, that's how we started. That's how we started this conversation. We put the cat down six times, which kept getting back on my lap. So the cat is telling you what the cat wants, and if the cat doesn't want it that time, you could have picked that cat up seventeen times to put in your right. lap, and the cat, if yeah, didn't but, want but it, I, like screw this, I'm, I'm out of here. I don't have to stop this conversation to go take the cat out to to alleviate herself. She, she knows exactly where to do that. <laughs> Uh, I don't have to feed the cat at any specific time. With the, I think chihuahuas actually have this, so that's not all dogs. But most dogs need a very specific feeding regimen. Cats just eat the, when they're hungry. They can just do that, unless they're feeding wet food. And I have a 23-year-old cat that never eats wet food. So, so much for wet food. <laughs> it doesn't work, apparently. <laughs> I feed my cat, but not the top brand, and she's fine. Um so, yeah, I think most dog people are actually cat people, but they don't like cats for some weird prejudice I have no idea. They might be afraid of them. Uh, so that's a, that's a side note. But am I a, dogs or cats? I think they're both completely viable pets, although I do believe that cats are slightly better pets. Dogs can be much more gratifying because of the amount of bonding that you have to do. So there you go. Can I say something offensive about this? No, you, you didn't. So what? Uh, what, what, what? I'm, I'm, I'm about to. May I? May I be <laughs> by, by all means. May, may I be offensive and, get, uh, and have people go? He's wrong and an idiot for saying it. But I think dog people are slightly more egomaniacal because they need this very specific attention that a cat will never be able to provide because a cat just wants affection and then it goes away and lives its own weird little life. Um, so I think most. Dog people are people that are much more needy. Maybe they're not egomaniacal, but they are needy. And I have met a lot of egomaniacal dog owners. Like they're, they really like the idea that they have this oppression over an animal. Look, it does exactly what I tell it to do. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Fantastic. I don't even know where my cat is. I think it's with its other family right now. Yeah. Well, that's the best thing. What do you, your dog or cats? Uh, I would have gone dogs, uh, but I, I'm not so inclined towards either direction. I've had enough loss from pets over the years that I, I'm not keen to go through that again. Either for the foreseeable uh, well, future. 
get a cat like mine. The goddamn thing's a Thuzla. It won't <laughs> refuses. Every day I look at it, I'm like, is it now? Like, check its breathing. I mean, 23 years old. I mean, that's the so, dream, right? To have a pet that outlives you? Yeah. No, this cat won't outlive. It's possible. But the um, I am convinced every day that it's going to die. So that becomes annoying. <laughs> like, is this the day? Is this the day? So, so like a cat, you're not going to dictate what it's going to happen with <laughs> No, I don't. No, it's going to go when it wants to. Yeah, and go hide. Cats like to die weird. Like they need to be alone. So when they're in the house, they're going to go find some weird place to die. Yeah, they don't need your drama. No, <laughs> well, they want nothing to do with it. Yeah, I, 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 I say dog and cat are pretty equal. I'm going to lean towards cats because I've always had a cat. Cat is kind of the way I roll. Plus, in the city, a dog's a nightmare, and a cat's a much better pet. So you're talking to a city guy. I got to go cat. Well, there was a provisional ruling for Mark and Howe in that they said, if you like dogs, get a dog. If you like cats, get a cat. And if you're undecided, get a cat. Oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I'm with them. So we're going to go on to the next one. You ready? Bated breath. Like you, I'm, I'm, I'm suffocating. I'm so anticipatory with it. Well, keep that breath held, because the next one is charcoal or gas grilling. What are you, Hank Hill? Who cares? <laughs> oh, Bobby. <laughs> Taste the heat, not the meat. Um, charcoal or gas grilling. God, I don't want to go against Hank Hill. I am a big King of the Hill fan. Because you're also, again, uh, the, pretty much a vegan. Right. 99.9% vegan. But I really, do, do you grill I vegetables? Do, I do grill vegetables, and I I like the flavor imparted by charcoals or woods, even. So that's your answer. Yeah, yeah, I like the flavor that's imparted to it, especially with with uh, vegetables, because you know you still want that kind of smoky, meaty taste in your vegetables. You don't it's, like it's, the taste of propane. It's part of the. It's not a. It's not a flavor. It's a heat source i guess with meat it might be better because then you can taste the meat not not all the smokiness of it but i but you like that smoky i like that. that's why i'm growing outside that's why i'm doing it <laughs> i can go pull out the old weber just because i don't want to taste the flavor of the of the outdoor cooking but it is also a much longer process to cook that way to set all that up to get it started, to get it up to heat. That's the whole thing. Look, if you're in a hurry, go to go to McDonald's or something. <laughs> you're, the point is you're having a barbecue. It's about that ritual. It's about getting that that charcoal and putting it in and getting the starter and it's not working. Somebody didn't clean the grill and there's cobwebs in it. There might be spiders in it and stuff. Like all of that is about the process. You don't just want to go out and turn up your propane and throw meat on it. That's lazy. That's not fun. Yeah. I, right? But I, is, isn't, I, isn't, I, I isn't don't, the night I don't like the Christmas process. always better than Christmas. But, uh, isn't, isn't the anticipation what it's all about? No, <laughs> not in the least. You want it to be Christmas as fast as possible. Well, but Christmas, once it's Christmas, if it's that Christmas was the case, you're like, I want it to be Christmas Eve forever. Can I tell no, you something? No, you don't. You gotta, you gotta know this. This is actually funny. Tell me what the date is right now. Today's date is the 10th of February. Right. My Christmas tree is still up. 
<laughs> but it's a fake tree, right? You don't have like a dead tree just sitting in the you know, no, I don't have it. It's, house, it's, right? it's, a, it's a beautiful fake tree. Like it's a really nice. Oh, fake well, then I'm tree. fine with that. Leave it up all year. I, I might. I really appreciate it. Why and not? I use it as an. It's like a nice little nightlight. Yeah, you know, and it. it's beautiful. Do you have LED lights? Do you have yes. Colored lights or white lights on a tree? White. What? White light. boring what, what light. Colored lights. What am I, clown? No, it's Christmas. It's festive. It's nice. And LEDs are the best kind of colored lights. It's like living in a future Christmas. No, it's not. It's like it's it's childish. I have just very staid, demure white lights. It's elegant. Oh, Ken. Boring. So boring. Ken, it's elegant. You're boring tree. You basically right. you just have landscaping in your house. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I have I have the world's biggest nightlight. Is what I have in the house. Do you have gifts under it still? No, no, no. I cleaned up. I and I still have um, what do you call that? Uh, garlands and lights wrapped around the, the banister. <laughs> you know, I'm fine with all this. I'm not going to judge that. Yeah. No. I was if, thinking, I, if I could, I would. I was thinking just recently, like, oh, I thought I was going to take it down come February. I was talking to Jackson about it. And I'm like, well, how, how, how long can, like, we, we do this? Like, legally, neighborhood legally. You know what I mean? Like, is it in the front window? Can the neighborhood see? Oh, yeah. No, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. And then I noticed that one of my neighbors still has his outdoor lights on and lit, and he has trees wrapped up in lights and they're lit. So I'm thinking, like, I'm just, I'm just pulling the neighborhood. Little- Line, you know. I still have the uh, the lights outside. Yes, but I had the best lights outside. What do you have, like runner lights? LED floodlights. Right, you're a lunatic. So basically, <laughs> the entire house is colored. Right, that's a, you're a lunatic. I don't, I don't have that. It is amazing. I have a. I will a send lo- you a photo. A, a lovely white lit tree in my bay window, so everybody can see it. You elegant. Bastard. Yeah, no, it's very simple with just ribbons tied around it. Yeah, you're fine. You got a yeah. guy in the neighborhood still got all the the lights up in the yard. You're good. Yeah. I don't think anyone's going to be judging you. Him first. Well, then I want you. them to. I want them to judge me. And you know what their sentence will be? Favorite neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, they will. They will judge me and find me awesome. Hey, you see, old man Hammer still has his lights up. Yeah. What was the question? <laughs> I totally forgot the question. Totally forgot it. I want to get this, back to it. This was the charcoal or gas grilling. We already did it. You're going charcoal. I like gas for convenience. I always hated. I hated when you had to put like that that heating wand down into the coals. Yeah, you're so lazy. And wait forever. Well, because what was the yeah, alternative? Really. It's, you spray the douse the thing with gas no, to try. I just want it? you to know that you're voting entirely for lazy convenience. I'm just know this. Yes, because I want to start cooking and eat. I want to eat eventually. Just no, I want no. I want the whole ritual. I want to set up the grill. Also, <laughs> also, you're grilling vegetables. You're not grilling meat, which takes a lot longer to do. Like if Wait, you're grilling a steak, it's going to take longer than if you're grilling a vegetable. How long do you think an ear of corn takes to grill? Ten minutes. Uh, a little closer to forty-five minutes to an hour. Ken <laughs> takes a long damn time. Also, you 
clearly know that I am not a vegetable griller. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell because you think it takes less time. Um, you can eat them raw. You won't get like some sort of weird, weird salmonella or anything from them like you do with meat. Uh, but you, uh, they do take some time, especially what you're grilling. If you're, if you're grilling a zucchini, it takes a lot of time. Well, this summer, I'll come over and you can show me how to grill some vegetables. You will hate it because it takes three hours with the way you have to set up the grill and then the vegetables. It takes forever. You'll hate it. We'll decorate your Christmas tree. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll sit in front of the tree all summer. <laughs> have some of that summer eggnog. Well, well, I will. You won't. Yeah. No. I'm sure there's a vegan eggnog. There's a vegan everything. They do, but it's gross. It's it's not that far from eggnog. <laughs> but, but, but regular eggnog is gross. So it's yeah, exactly. basically, it's yeah. accurate. Yeah, the problem with vegan eggnog is it tastes like eggnog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Next one. Uh, next one's Coke or Pepsi. Coke. Ridiculous. Who would ever go with Pepsi? What weird palate wants to have that overly oh, – there's something sweet and crazy about it. Uh, can I tell you why? Yeah, by all means. I must have had Coke first when I was a kid. I think that's all it's based on. It's it's clearly a it, – it, it's like whole milk or uh, uh, 1%, 2% milk. Whatever your family had when you were a kid is milk. That's just milk. Okay, tangentially to this, bottles or cans? Well, in a perfect world, it would be a bottle because it's, it's the more elegant way to go, and they're smaller, which is more the right amount of – carbonated beverage that I would ever want to consume. Plus, here's the problem with cans, and you'll agree with me if, you, if you've ever had this happen. Every time you bring a can to your face, you're bringing a closed surface to your face, right up to your nose. Now, with a bottle, you have the whole thing is in your mouth and there's nothing going on. Sometimes the, the top of a can has an untoward odor to it. I don't know where it came from, the fridge. Maybe it was stored weird, but every time you bring that can up, you smell something odd. So a bottle is just, it's, it's, you don't have a weird smell that could happen. I understand. Yeah. Uh, maybe, did you ever go through a phase where you wash the top of the can? I will only, uh, when I get my sodas, I get them in 12 packs. So they're not exposed. Like if you get a six pack in a, in a plastic ring holder where everything's sitting out. Through you know every stage of the delivery process and stocking yeah. process, yeah, uh, yeah, no, that that for me, yes, I will, I will wipe it down, and you get like you know when you shove your napkin down in there and get that that sludge that comes out the other side on the napkin, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's I, never, I, I never wash the top of the can. I don't know why. I guess I'm just a, uh, uh, I believe in my antibody. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just, I just, I just, I just The Daredevil Axe of Doc Hammer. Yeah. I don't know, I, my can down. No, I live on the edge. You know that. Okay, so uh, that's so where Coke, I go. You went Coke and bottle. Yeah. Uh, I go Coke over Pepsi. I don't I don't have that strong of feelings about Pepsi. Uh, but if it's Coke, I would go with like a cherry Coke. Oh, I agree. I agree with flavor to my Coke. Yeah, and, no, uh, I agree. And I like a, a cherry Coke Zero. I agree. It's one of the few things that actually tastes like the original article enough to where I'm not going, oh, aspartame. Um, like even though it's Coke. very, even though it's very much a cherry Coke, a a diet uh, Dr Pepper is very close to the original article. So is a uh, a diet Sunkist. 
and a diet A and W root beer. Diet A and W root beers are delicious. That tastes <laughs> like just regular root beer to me. They're delicious. I don't know what the uh, what, how they got that so right, but it is delicious. <laughs> I'm assuming it's what is what is the you would know this because this is uh, clearly where your knowledge base lies. What is the chief thing that imparts root beer its taste? What is the root in root beer? Oh, I like ginger is ginger ale. I mean, I'm a ginger ale is ginger as a, as a root flavor. What is what is the the root flavor of root beer? Oh, I thought it was the same thing that sarsaparilla is, right? I, I, I'm at, this is your wheelhouse. This kind of knowledge is exactly what I expect you to have buried away. Also, the fact that you just brought up sarsaparilla. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you know. Um, Sarsaparilla. You've had sarsaparilla before. I've only had it once years ago, and I cannot recall what the taste was. Yeah, my my guess is it's probably the same thing as sarsaparilla, which of course is obvious what sarsaparilla is. It's sassafras, you know that. That's why it's sarsaparilla. So my guess it's it's sassafras root. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure somebody can just go on Google and figure it out, but I'm I'm going to throw down well, just guess as what? an edgy. You're right. You're absolutely right. It's sassafras. Boom. Using Thank the you. bark of the sassafras tree. Yeah, because you've, you've had sassafras. Uh, it's pretty much root beer. <laughs> you, you know what's good? If you're talking you know what? About... I, I wonder why it didn't catch on. It's such an easy word. Yes, that's people... <laughs> um, uh Have you ever had uh, uh, tea berry gum, that kind of birch flavor? No. Well, you can get something called birch beer. It's very difficult. It's a it's a regional thing. I'm not sure what region it's from, but I can always find it in weird places. But try birch beer one day because it has like a an almost oh, it's like root beer with some spearmint in it. It's really cool. It's really good. So anyway, it's got like a like a sharp sort of tang to it. No, it has. You've never had birch. You've never just taken. You've never taken like a birch tree and pulled off a, a, a sapling from it and, no. and just licked it. No, it's a ver- no, I haven't. <laughs> it's a very specific, I have. <laughs> and I've made tea from it too. Of course you have. <laughs> yeah. Collected a whole bunch, brought home, made tea. Uh, it's very good. You can I, like, I love your twee survival skills. You can make, it's not a survival skill. It's, it's, it's like a ye olde fashioned way to make a tree. Well, if, you're, if you're trapped in the forest and you must make your tea. Yeah, you must, you can use birch. It's delicious. Um, but it needs sweetening. But if you can get the flavor of birch also from tea berry gum, it comes in a pink package. It's, you, you've probably seen it at your local apothecary. I'm not sure they have it at big stores, but you can find it in small stores. That, that's, that's your basic flavor of birch. Also, uh, wax lips. You ever wondered what that flavor is? Uh, now I, I'm wondering. There's a flavor in wax lips. You're like, what is that flavor? I can't place it. That's the flavor of tea berry gum. That's almost a birch flavor. I guess it is my wheelhouse, Ken. You're right. <laughs> I, I know you well enough to know it is. <laughs> yeah. I like weird drinks. Um, so anyway, so what, go ahead. So we're, so we're going to have a lovely little tasting. That's our next panel. The next time we do a convention, we're just going to have a tasting panel. We're going to get all this stuff. Oh, I'm going to bring all the wacky drinks. I like, yeah, yeah, all the the, the their Epicurean uh, soda pops. You'll, what you'll do we love do? We'll, we'll find the local novelty drink store and we'll go load up before the fa- uh, the panel and we'll have sort of a little uh, tasting thing. Yeah, no, I know, I know the exact store. Okay, let's go let's, next. Next is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What is the best Star Wars film? 
So now we've got eight of them. No, nine, ten. We got yeah. ten of them. It's tough. Every every generation should have their own thing. I'm going to say it's the second one, even though it has a really weird problem with time. I think we're all aware of this. Talking about Star Wars is that that is that is a. You're talking about Episode Five. <laughs> uh, episode Five, correct, correct. Episode Five, um, uh, Return of the Jedi, right? Yeah. That's no. Episode Six. No, episode. I don't know. Episode Six is talking about Star Wars. I don't remember it's Star Wars anymore. Yeah, even though it has Empire a, Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back, even though it has a, and it can't be episode six because of the, those Ewoks annoying, annoying. They're annoying. <laughs> <laughs> this annoying when I was a kid, annoying now, always annoying. Um, so yeah, I guess it would be the second one. It's just a, it's just a better action movie. And you know, Star Wars is, they're, they're not really sci-fi. They're kind of like war pictures. Uh, but, I'm going to go with the first one because it was the first one and it was groundbreaking to my childhood and my existence. So is it a better film? I don't know. And do I care? I don't. I just, it was the purest experience, an experience I will never have again. That's it. It's over. I I saw Star Wars. It affected me deeply. And uh, that's my first kiss. Even though probably, probably not the best kiss. More Ewoks. Uh, Nope. I'm so glad it was Ewok free. Although the sword fighting is terrible. So I don't know. <laughs> you don't like that old man sword fighting? Oh, it's just weird. It's step, like, step, hit, yeah. step, step, hit. This weird spin. <laughs> it's so weird. Oh, very uh, good. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, like this like two old guys fighting with umbrellas. It's terrible. Look at me. Yeah. Still <laughs> got ne- it. You'll never catch me. Oh, Watch out! I have the fourth. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it's the first one because it's just that you know the whole used look of sci-fi was so uh, amazing to me when I was a kid. Anyway, I'm gonna say the first purely, purely for uh, you know nostalgia and personal reasons. The first being the fourth, by the way. Yes, the first being the fourth. May the fourth be yeah. with you. Yeah, and uh, or, or Rogue One. I just want to be a contrarian. Why not? Rogue One should not have succeeded as well as it does. Yeah, it, it, it was fine. Uh, I like Solo. I hate to say it. Liked it. Why do you hate it. to say it? That's fine. Because uh, I, I mean, other but the yeah, they had problems with it. I'm like, it had a few too many. Oh, so that's where Santa got his beard moments. You know what I mean? A few. Oh, it, it feels a few like a, like a Wikipedia entry. Yeah, but I still enjoyed it. I did. Yeah, it it is. It took me forever, forever. I'm talking halfway through the movie when I realized that that was Khaleesi. <laughs> that was a Dothraki. And that was I, the moment that the, the film finally gelled for you? I was looking at it and go, why do I know her face? Why do I know her face? And suddenly it, it all clicked in. Well, you yeah. take her out of that white hair. Yeah. And, and she's not she's not speaking that even ridiculous Dothraki nonsense. <laughs> Or the really, really proper accent that she puts on. I know. Well, here's the weird thing. How does somebody botch a fake language? How do you do that? You would think anything that was issued from her head would be canon because she's speaking. No, it sounds it sounds like she can't speak it with the proper accent. What do you What do you say about Star Wars? What do you say, Ken? My. Uh... My emotional favorite is probably the first one I saw in the theater, which was Jedi. 
Is that with the Ewoks? Yes. But it was the first one I saw in the theater. The other two you're, you're, I, I saw at home. And that meaty way that uh, Boba Fett falls into the Sarlacc pit, it was like, it was like community theater. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Yeah. It's awful. <laughs> awful. Awful. That was embarrassing to my childhood. That film traumatized me. I've told you this before. Where the, uh, for years afterwards, for much longer than it should have been, uh, whenever I would use a restroom that had a shower curtain, I would have to open the shower curtain to make sure the job of the hut was not behind it. Why because you... of that, because of that reveal in the throne room after Han Solo gets revived by Leia as Boosh, uh, when Jabba and all of his creatures are revealed by that curtain being pulled aside. Yeah, but it wasn't a bathroom. Can't you make the, that like Listen, delineation? Obviously, like, all, I all curtains. All I'm curtains. telling. I'm telling also, you of a deep childhood trauma. Also, did you understand the scale of Boba Fett? He was monstrous. Were you afraid of a smaller Boba Fett? Not a Boba Jabba? Fett. Jabba, yeah. Jabba was huge. He was small in the frame. He was he was further back. You don't what listen. Movie did listen you I'm not... He Whatever. was huge. I promise you he was huge on the screen. And by scale, the fact that Princess Leia was curled up next to him. I'm not talking about scale. I'm not talking that there was any logic to this. It was a trauma that was there, and I was right. hoping that you would be in some way sympathetic to this. No, I'm not <laughs> sympathetic. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you need you needed counseling. You, need also, to tell, you know what you need to do is tell this to an adult and have the adult seek appropriate counseling for I was you. I'm also afraid of sharks and waterbeds, but let's move on. That's insane. Uh, <laughs> was that from Jaws or from Piranha? Like, that what was, did you? Oh, that was from Jaws. I, I, was, I, nev I never I had. Go back in the ocean after Jaws. No, no, I was not not afraid of Jaws. Not I afraid was of Jaws. Never an ocean person to begin with, and that cemented it. Also, that's where fish poop. Okay, anyway. Uh, so, uh, Martin and Hal picked Empire. I, oh, I mean, I could go with them. It's a better film. But I, I, I just Star Wars is Star Wars. It's Star Wars. Like you don't need to say anything after it, you know. It is a film when you nobody's going to say a New Hope. They just go Star yes. Wars. When yeah. you look at all of the films that tried to imitate it, yeah. around it, it is remarkable that Star Wars works as a film at all because it has gibberish. As far as the the techno babble and and you know the plot, if you examine any of it too close. You're it like, doesn't make oh. any sense. I totally agree. Look, I'm all for that. But that gibberish was awesome. That techno babble was insane. It was like, wow, this is a huge world that I barely understand. And you nobody understands. The creator doesn't understand it. Nobody. But also, but also, all it would have taken is at least one of the actors, like, you know, uh, Harrison Ford, to perform that role with a wink and a nudge to the audience, like, oh, yeah, this is garbage. And it all would have fallen apart. That none right, of the like, actors did that. For instance, that like Ice Pirates. Like, yes. <laughs> the 3D extravaganza that is Ice Pirates. Uh, that is a still one of the greatest roles ever for right. one of the finest writers of our time, Bruce Valanche. What, in Ice Pirates? In Ice Pirates, yes. Yeah. No, he is one of the, for some reason, he's one of the greatest writers of our time. I don't, uh, I've had this conversation with Jackson where we can't figure out what he did to become Bruce Valanche. I know he writes for, like, Award ceremony banter. You know what I mean? Because if he writes those kind of jokes. I think that was just an age that if you were the go-to guy for that, 
and you showed up and you gave a ton of material, you just you're on the list forever to be called. It's weird. Let's not get into Bruce Wayne because we could do this forever. Yeah. We'll save that for when we do our next bit of a chat. We'll do it all yeah, Bruce sure. Valanche. All Bruce Valanche. Yeah, where we <laughs> try to find out how Bruce Valanche became Bruce Valanche. How is he a thing? Uh, so next, best men's underwear. So this is the the boxer brief debate. Well, there's a, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to tell you what I wear. And I, and I didn't just fall into my underwear. You know what I mean? I, I, I took years to figure out what – the best kind of underwear is for me. And it is the, it's the boxer brief, which come in, they come in multiple sizes. Ken, you can have these things go down your thighs. You can have them go up like right at, like, you know, at or above the, the, uh, the, the reproductive bulge. Is that, that's not blue, right? That's pretty good. Yeah. The reproductive bulge. Yeah. The, the genital. You can use medical terms for it. It's, it's barely medical. It's poetic is what that is. Yeah. The, your, your, <laughs> your, your genital bulge. Uh, if you put your your Olympus Mons, yeah, yeah, sure. If you put the, the the end of the brief there, you look like you're in uh you know an episode of Sequest. You have like it, it's like classic James Bond uh swimming trunks, but they're not made of wool, you know. Right, and that's a that's a cool look. Um, the Y front, like that classic tidy whitey, looks ridiculous on an adult. It looks funny on an adult. Um, but that the, is what I would say the majority of children up to a certain point. That is just what kids have. Right. Well, that's why it looks funny on an adult because kids wear it. I mean, nowadays maybe they wear something else. I don't know. I don't have a kid that I know of. Bar, har, 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 har. No, I promise you I don't have a kid, even though they don't. Know. I'm, I'm, I'm well aware of what I've done reproductively. Regardless of that, <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I don't, uh, uh, I think that an adult male looks good in tidy whities unless you're going for that like fetish kind of thing. If that's like your thing, but like you just like the look of a guy in those, you know what I mean? Some guys will go out of the, like jock straps don't really exist anymore, but you can still buy them and it's purely for fetish, you know, like that old, those two things that go up the back. I don't know if you remember, you ever played sports with your kid, but they have the, it's like a waistband with a cup on it. And then like, over your over your butt, you just have these two pieces. Like so it's like two. like a the same as like isn't a dance belt similar to that? No, a dance belt goes right up your crack. Okay, Was which makes joke. makes more sense. These go over. This is your a learning cheek. experience for all of us. Yeah, these go just over your cheeks, but it leaves your cheeks open. Why? I, I have no idea. I don't know why it's not a full pair of underpants, but it, it is like wearing a bra for your genitals. Like a bra for your dental, so you have straps in the back. They don't make kids wear these anymore. They did when I was young. Um, I guess they just have sufficiently tight underpants that they can wear. They're not worried about their testicles like they were when I was younger. Apparently, testicle scares. Don't jiggle your testicles, kids. Something can happen. Well, that was why the jockstrap industry made sure that the Bad News Bears had that entire scene about jockstraps being handed out as mandatory to all the players. Yeah, I don't know what the why we did cups. I understand you don't want something smacking you in the in, in those tender areas or tender vittles. I I can imagine a cup is good. For but years, the Walter Matthau was the spokesman for jock straps. Right. So what I'm saying is that they still sell jock straps, but you have to get them on eBay, and they're totally for fetish. It's just like that's that's just what some people that's what they're into that that look of an old jock. But 
as so you're far not keen as on on so boxers are a no go for you. But here's the problem with boxers. I mean, I, I like them comically because if somebody drops their pants in a comedy, it's a boxer. At least <laughs> to the comedies of my head, you know what I mean. That those mad, mad, mad world kind of comedies right. where so yeah, and they'll have like kissy lips if, on if them. You, if you want the GPG, yeah, line, you go with a boxer. Right, because it's funny. If, but, you know, but also, why fronts are used as a comedy device? They are now. Because why? Because they, they emasculate men. They make them look like children. Uh, and if you want to wear underpants that, that make you, you know, there's a, <laughs> like, like an infant suddenly, um, go with, go with why fronts. It's a good, it's a good look for you. And get them, yeah, get a three pack as cheap as possible. Uh, for the loom, BVD, Hanes, I don't care. Go whatever, whatever <laughs> floats. Thing any year. Yeah, whatever floats your boat. But you, you know, get get the get the cheapest and the three pack you can find in your life will be. People of the world, and we got this. Is brought to you by Me Undies. Yeah, but if you ever expect to have your pants pulled down and you don't want to look like a child, I would expect you to be wearing either boxers or boxer briefs. And and I boxer briefs actually um, keep your your. Uh, your pendulous reproductive organs from banging around when you're walking, which I find to be much more comfortable. So what do you think Helen Mark said? I think they said boxer briefs because they, I can't, I can't believe that anybody would be like, Oh no, I want my, I want my genitals slapping around down there. Like what am I protecting them with, with boxers from my pants? Is that it? That's all they're doing. (laughs) Well, the answer for Mark and Hal commando. You? No, they said boxer briefs. <laughs> I, 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 I will admit to sometimes in the summer that I do go free balling. I will go commando. Okay, just your first day of I mean, doing it too. It's it's it, hot in the city. I understand. It's, it's okay. Very hot. It, it, it's very hot. And your first day you do, you're like, I'm not going to wear underwear. I, I I can't take the swamp. So you you wear. No underwear for your first day, and it is so uncomfortable. But after the end of the week, I don't know if I callous it or something, or if it just gets used to banging around in there, I'm fine. I mean, a genuine question for you, just out of sheer curiosity, knowing you. Go ahead. Yes. uh, In the privacy of your own home, in the heat of the summer, which gets ridiculous in the city. It does. You know, it's very you know, pri- prior to you know your your recent move to a, a home outside the city, right? Which is also hot. I'm not that far, but go ahead. Uh, but you know, it it is the city. Do you ever just wear shorts? Ew! No, no, no. I mean, don't even start me on that. You should not. I I know that this alienates. I'm, I'm going to say eighty percent of men. But I do not think short pants are correct for adults to wear. I think they're, they I'm just, look. I'm just talking about for comfort when it is like you don't have the AC in the apartment. It's super I do hot. not own a pair of shorts. I think it's a slippery slope. That if you own That's a pair of shorts, you go out in shorts. I don't own flip flops. I do not own shorts. I don't own slides. I don't own. There's things that I will never buy. I don't even think sweatpants are appropriate for a, for. Anything but sleeping. And if you can make that, I, I tell you, people buy them thinking like, well, I'm just going to sleep in them. And then one day you go check the mail in them. And then one day you run an errand with them. The next thing you know, you're wearing sweatpants as pants. And that is, that is nasty. <laughs> so no, no, I do not. I don't own a pair of shorts. I, 
I think that's, you know, in the old days, Ken, in the olden days, all little boys wore short pants and then they would grow up and they would get to wear long pants. It was a treat. It was like, it was like a bar mitzvah for their legs that now I'm a man and I can wear long pants. Why would I ever revert back to it? If you were to go to the beach, would you wear one of those full body striped swim costumes? That's like asking me if I were to go to the moon. Why would I go to the damn beach? I know. I'm with you on that. I'm just curious. Um, I did have a, of course I did, because I'm, I'm an idiot. But I did have a, like, black and white striped full wool, like, wrestling singlet kind oh, of, of kind of uh, swimming costume, a bathing costume, if you will. Like a real 1904. Did I lose you? No, yes. no, no. I yeah. mean, no. <laughs> I had one of those. I had one of those, but I got more stairs than I needed, and I get a lot of stairs. <laughs> I got more stairs than I needed. Well, that's because you're also wearing a boater. Yeah, <laughs> no, I didn't have a boater, but I got more stairs than I needed. And let me tell you what happens when you get in the water, then you get out. That it's made of wool <laughs> and it's knit, so you go in and it fits like a glove, and you go out and it fits like a very large glove. <laughs> like it's re- it's all stretched out and it weighs about thirty five pounds because it does not let go of the water, and it's it's the worst bathing costume ever conceived. This is pre spandex technology. I I recently saw uh, a documentary uh, that Billy Connolly did. Exploring some aspects of his childhood. Yeah. Uh, growing up in, in Glasgow. And yeah. one of the things was that I, I guess for the kids of the day, they had knitting patterns to knit your child a bathing, bathing shorts. Yeah. No, that wouldn't work out at all. That was, and, that was, and, that was, and so they were knit bathing shorts. And so we had a, a group of, <laughs> of, of swimmers decide to try these in modern times. And as you describe, it basically was just a lumpy woolen mess. Yeah, it's, not, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. And, uh, you know, when you jump into a pool and you're wearing, uh, like a nylon thing and, and suddenly you have this giant puffy pant and the air gets trapped in it and you're, and you're trying to push it down because it looks too much like you have an erection and you're a kid and you're overly conscious of that. In that case, if that's one of your fears, then definitely get a wool singlet because it doesn't do that. But if you ever want to get out of the, the water, don't get a wool singlet. The, the minute you get out of the water, it is just, it is falling off. It's heavy. It's, you mean if uh, you could actually manage to haul yourself out weighing twice yeah. as much as you did when you entered. Yeah. And I don't, you know what I look like. I'm a, I'm reedy. <laughs> so, oh no, oh no yeah. I, I, that, when I said twice as much, I very yeah. much anticipate that if you were wearing that, the suit full of water yeah. probably weighed as much as you. It's, yeah, I, I am really, so I did not look good, and it, it was uh, not a good look. But since then, I got a bathing costume that goes – it's pretty old. It's probably from the 40s or 50s, and it's a, it's like a pair of shorts, but it goes up to about my belly button. <laughs> So like I what I think I look cool. I think I look like James Bond in it, but 
the the amount of conversations I have to have about my suit is uh, you don't get much swimming done. You really don't because everyone's like, "What are you wearing?" And I go, "I look super cool." I have to tell them that because it's not apparent <laughs> that I look super cool. So I have to just go ahead and go. First of all, I look super cool in my yield bathing costume that is wool, but it's like a better wool. It's not that thick wool. It's like thin forties wool. It's World War Two wool technology. You're a, ba- you're a bathing cosplayer. Uh, yeah, but I'm not really cosplaying. I'm more like a bathing anti- antiquarian. You know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm You're a bathing. novelty bather. Yes. Thank you. You hit it on the head of a novelty bather. <laughs> it's fine weather we're having. Everyone yeah, jump into the swimming hole. I promise you, if, if I could pull off a, a boater and all that kind of nonsense, I would. But that's, that's you too must f- own a boater. That's you super, have yeah. every other hat. I absolutely have a boat. Of course I do. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, duh. But I don't, I, I wear, oh, I have actually more. There are photographs of me in a stupid thing. But, um, I look good in it, first of all. And I think it's, that's all that Of matters. course you do. You are a fine dandy. Yeah. But, uh, it's not, it's not quite cosplay. Like these are part of my modern outfit. I don't have like a pocket watch and a whisk coat and all that kind of nonsense. I just have a, me characterizing this cosplay is incorrect unless you were cosplaying Doc Hammer because it is no, just you. I think more people do. Like when I see a guy in a full Derek Jeter costume, like full, full Derek Jeter costume, just walking down the street and everybody thinks, oh, they're just dressed normal. That to me is cosplay. They're just they're dressing like their favorite sports figure. But if I wear a boater because it's a completely viable woven hat, I'm doing cosplay. I just disagree. I think it because a lot of my th- my clothing harkens to a bygone era. But I know you always want to be. You want to be the guy walking down Main Street that is in the the white linen suit with his hat and cane. Um, right now, I'm wearing silk and linen. By the way, silk and <laughs> I mean, I, I everything silk. I say, I know yeah. is yeah. applicable. But here's here's the thing. Um, as you know, I, I had a, uh, uh, I, I had, uh, something happened to my back where I am now a paraplegic, but I'm, um, healing very quickly. I'm not actually healing. I'm retraining my, my brain to teach me to walk. So now I walk with a cane. Um, so I, I have been blessed with a new affectation. So most people would be like, Oh, I have to use a cane. I'm like, I can't wait to buy some beautiful canes. <laughs> so I have, I have some lovely canes, yeah. Well, I mean, now I know what I'm getting you for your birthday. Yeah, it's, uh, if you if you can give me one, I like a 35 inch. That's, a, that's my that's my cane one. Can't you get one that just has where you can swap out the head of it? You can. I've done that with one. I bought this like really good um, old cane head. It didn't have a cane, and I had to actually get a cane and fix it yeah, for so you. you can, like, so you can just get novelty heads. You can you can, you know, you can do it. Yeah. You. You can do it. if it has a screw on it, or or the the female version of the screw where you screw it on. You can you can do that. Yeah, I found this beautiful one. It's like a bent penis, um, like the handle is a penis, and then it has a naked woman clinging to it. But she's not to scale, obviously. She's tiny. Um, <laughs> I don't know what scale you're operating on. Yeah, no, it's tiny. It's like a tiny woman clinging to a regular size phallus um, cane, which you believe know, for, me, for when you're walking down Main Street. <laughs> Oh, absolutely! It's, it's, it's the it's the hit it's the hit hit of uh, of of all the uh, 
partial paraplegics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it's Dandy Doc walking down the street oh, again. I know, I brought that thing to physical therapy, and uh, instead of making fun of my shoes, he made fun of my cane the whole day. My physical therapist made fun of my cane, which is good, because he usually makes fun of my entire outfit. And this is a person that looks like his mommy dressed him. That's what I have to deal with, Ken. Well, you know what? That'll be the gift you give at the end for all the help that they've done for you, is that you you can just do a makeover. Oh, I got to run on a trip. I know we're getting into my 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 terrible uh, state of being, but I got to run on a treadmill, and the whole time I'm thinking, I want a red tracksuit. <laughs> I want a, I want a Steve Austin this so bad. So I so I said to my uh, my physical therapist, I guess, um, I would really love a red tracksuit so I could look like Steve Austin. And he's like, Steve Austin was a red tracksuit, and it went on for so long that I realized, oh. You think I'm talking about the wrestler? Generation gap. Generation gap. And gener- he was like, I don't remember Steve Austin running on a treadmill. I'm like, oh, in the beginning. It's like the beginning of what? It was like a who's on first of Steve Austin. I didn't know you drank. Yeah, it was like a whole weird thing. So you thought we were talking, I was talking about Steve Austin, the wrestler, but I was talking about Steve Austin, the bionic man. So you just spent the rest of your time in your treadmill sad. No, I spent the rest of the time in the treadmill trying not to fall. But also thinking about, really, you didn't get yeah. Steve Austin. Yeah, best material wasted, wasted. I, I had to go home and tell uh, Jackson. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're gonna try and get through. Maybe see how quick we can get through ten more of these. We're not getting through the whole list. We're getting even getting through a fourth of the list. Let's see. This. I just like making you edit. Go for it. Give me uh, more. So, next one. Who is the best Beatle? Ooh. We're going to stick to the main four. We're going to knock out Pete Best is, and Stu Sutcliffe. Well, Pete Best is, is by definition the best Beatle. He's, he's Pete Best. He has to be the best Beatle. Um, we're taking semantics out of this. Right. Well, Stuart Sutcliffe barely counts as a Beatle. I mean, let's be honest. So I agree with you there. Um, and that, we can't be snarky and do like George Martin or anything, right? No. No, we're okay. not doing we're not doing supporting cast. Okay, well it's the Beatles, so I say all of the Beatles are the best. Obviously, George couldn't have the Beatles without George, and I think he was the most handsome Beatle. Can I go out on a limb here? I'm going out on a limb. No hands, Ken. No hands. I'm, I'm just really worried. I'm worried. Yeah. I'm worried. Yeah, cause How far out on this limb are you going? He's gonna hurt his back again. He's gonna. <laughs> I'm pre-disaster. I promise. I can't hurt it again. You can only paraplegiaize yourself once. So, um, let me see. Uh, so, so, you, so you're going most handsome for George. Most handsome for George. Sure. Oh, yeah, stunning. He has that kind of Spock good look. You know what I mean? And I think it's the best kind of good looks. Your, your, your Spock good looks. So you're talking um, about the sort of eyebrow, intense eyes, deep thought kind of look. I just think he's handsome. I don't know why I think he's handsome. I just do. I mean, John's kind of. Interesting in his own look, of course. Good. Uh, Paul, cute. Um, Ringo, there's something interesting about him. So they're all kind of. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Templative you know. pause of that was all you knew. I'm trying to, to say. I, 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 I liked him in his beard phase, you know, like that roof era Beatles. Like, I think it'll look good with the beard. I mean, he's never gone back from the beard. Yeah, that's what I mean. It worked, but when he was the youngest with the beard, looked good. Looked good. George looked fine with the beard, but he looked much better without a beard, like Spock. Um, 
Okay. So, but as writers, it's hard to say because I think Paul ruined John's songs, but Paul's songs on their own are phenomenal. And then like, come on, post Beatles, it's Paul. Let's be honest. No, no offense. Everybody who loves John's later work, but, but what Paul did with Wings and then Solo is pretty miraculous. Let's be honest. Um, Ringo Starr, no. And George, not really. You know, but we're talking about the Beatles, not who's the best post Beatles. Right. Um, yeah. So it, it, let's just be. Honest. What is your, okay. Well, let's, what is your favorite Beatles song? Well, and then we'll track it back from there. I can tell you, and it's gonna act, it, it's gonna seem like I'm a John fan because it it's the beginning of Day in the Life. That's John, right? And then when he's oh, I'm getting up and I'm combing my hair, duh, 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 all that nonsense, that's all Paul. It ruins the song. <laughs> it's like he just <laughs> he comes in and ruins the song. But you know who are uh, Norwegian Wood? That would be John. God, I keep coming out as a John fan. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, I, I can't stop. Um, well, Blackbird is Paul, isn't it? Blackbird is Paul. Yeah, but awesome song. Um, geez. Also, I think Paul wrote Helter Skelter. He did. Yeah. So here we go. Now we're now we're we're even. Are you, are you swinging back the pendulum? The pendulum is coming back. <laughs> uh, wow. Do you like thought? I'm, I'm taking like rocker. What is what is what is your your? I'm taking in their personalities. I think Paul is a genuinely interesting, gentle, good soul. You know what I mean? And I'm not sure. John was an incredibly interesting soul. I think he was a little bit more egomaniacal. I think um, more of a rebel. But there's something just you certainly. Share the, uh, you know, the, a quick wit and snark aspect with him. Of who? John? Yes. Well, people, even, even a long time ago, um, Jackson out of nowhere lamented. He goes, Oh, I think I'm Paul. <laughs> like, he just, <laughs> out of nowhere, he's clearly considering it just on his own and forgot to tell me what he was thinking about. But he came to the conclusion that, like, I think I'm Paul. But in a way, Paul really is the, the tunesmith, you know what I mean? So it's so does really that make me Mal Evans? an insult. It, 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 it makes you, uh, I don't know who Mal Evans is. Well, that's their famous pal and roadie. Sure. You're Mal Evans. You're Mal Evans. Um, you have to go get me some cocaine. <laughs> go, go find me a hallucinogenics. <laughs> um, go sit some. So I park. guess. I guess I'm going to have to go with John Hewitt. He's just, he is the more, he's a more magnetic rock star. You know what I mean? He's the one that is going to say, oops, I just said the Beatles are bigger than Jesus Christ. Oops, I'm sorry. Well, I made a huge error. Um, yeah, I think. But musically? Musically, it's really, it's a coin toss. I think they, uh, I think Paul has actually proved that he might be the greater tunesmith. But what the stuff that John did, Oh, wait. He wrote Strawberry Fields, too, didn't he, John? Yeah. That's a fucking masterpiece. All right, John. 
hate to do it. I hate to be that so, guy. Would you go lyrically, John? Melodically, Paul? Crap about lyrics. I'm talking entirely about the the, the um, song itself. That song is beautiful. Just that minor cascade that goes on in uh, Strawberry Fields. It's, oh, it's just so elegant. Uh, I don't care what he's singing about. And actually, we're just stupid. <laughs> they're, they're dumb words. They're stupid words. With the exception of Day in the Life, where the words are phenomenal. But he picked them out of a newspaper. So, uh, you know. And he took uh, benefit of Mr. Kite from a poster. Exactly. So I don't care. And I don't care about words. I really don't. I'm, 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 I listen to music. I, I read words. It's just, I don't. Words don't mean that much. And I think people who they do mean a lot to are reading into them uh, deeply and personally. I think your best lyrics are, they don't seem to make sense. So they make sense to everybody in a different way. And I think the Beatles are capable of doing that. Like Blackbird, I think is about black girls, you know, black girl, uh, her, her, the strife of the sixties that, that, that black people were going through. That's what Blackbird is about. I'm a kid. I think it's about an actual Blackbird because there's a Blackbird. That's, you know, and I thought it was a beautiful song about a bird because I didn't live in England and we didn't call them birds. And John dislikes strawberries. And John likes strawberry fields. I don't know. I don't, apparently, I, I, we used to go to apple orchards. <laughs> 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 Maybe in England they went to strawberry fields and they'd get like, you know, jam. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Invite everyone to come on down. Yeah. But the, the chord progression. So I'm going to go with John. It seems that he wrote some of my favorites. You know, what do you say? I really, I, I like, I like the longevity and reinventiveness of Paul. Yes, I agree. And I think that it's hard to judge the Beatles independently. I agree. In that they were a studio band and they were so close that you, it, and work closely with George Martin that you don't know where exactly a certain chord progression that you really like could have come from. Yeah, yeah well, they something that one was noodling and the other picked up on, and then it regurgitated later. That they were so tightly bound that I think you almost have to pick apart what everyone's skill set was post Beatles and work backwards from that. Like, well, what were they independent of each other? I'll tell you why that's a problem because John was clearly on a different path post Beatles, so you can't go. Oh, all John wanted to do is experiment with his wife because none of that existed in the Beatles. I think that was the, the, the antidote to the drug of the Beatles. Like he needed to do something that wasn't the Beatles. So you can't work backwards on that because John really never wrote another great pop song. Oh, actually it's arguably he wrote a couple, but still it, that wasn't his mission. And Paul was like, that's what I do. I'm a pop tunesmith. I'm going to keep going. But he clearly could do that without John. Well, yeah, amazingly. So. But I don't think John wanted to do it without Paul. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, though, you know, I also go with the argument of, of it being a reaction against. There you go. Yeah. So what is your answer? I, I Just say I, Paul and get it I'm over gonna, with. I'm going to go with Paul. Go ahead. I, I, a great answer. What, what was the consensus of. Uh, Mark went with Paul. Yeah, yeah. Although I think they did pull a lot of post-Beatles elements in. Yeah. For who wrote the My Favorite Beatles songs, it, it, it really does 
at the end, it's a little more John heavy. Although while my guitar gently weeps is one of my favorite Beatles songs. The first time I ever heard it was Eric Idle playing it, by the way. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. First time I ever heard this because my parents never listened to the Beatles. I had no idea what that was. And Eric Idle do it. You know, it was that, I think he, he did that, uh, was it Good Day Sunshine? Some, some, some song, I don't know what it was called. Play to the capo, like you care if it's a play to the capo. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> on I forget what it was. Eric Idle also did it. He used to cover a lot of Beatles songs. Um, so if I were to ask you right now, Doc, pick a, a Beatles song to cover. What's your go to? Oh, I would never do it. I have a theory that you can't cover a song that you like a lot. Same with tattoos. Never get a tattoo you love because one day you're going to hate it. You know what I mean? Like anything you truly love, do not make permanent and do not tamper with. Like I would never cover a Bowie song because Bowie did it better. You you wouldn't even sing a Bowie song during our stupid convention quiz show. No, I have a hard hard line on this that <laughs> don't embarrass yourself you know pick a song that like oh i see something in here but i want to fix it like in my band i covered a rihanna song i covered like a jesus jones song i did it because of you song, because of your song. unwillingness i had to hand a bowie song to james yeah no well, that's fine james always <laughs> james kills it and it doesn't matter what it is he'll kill it um ground control yeah God, God bless him. So, um, <laughs> well, we're off topic. Yeah, go to the next question. I think we've answered it. I, I say John only based on mathematics. Paul is a reasonable answer. That's fine. Go ahead. What do you want to be? Too hot or too cold? Well, uh, can I alter that? Because I like cold only because I can make myself warm. I can put on enough garments to be warm. Um, I can... You know, I can go into a, a domicile that is a little bit warmer. Uh, I'm a northerner, so I, I'm going to go with too cold is always a little bit better. But I'm not, not talking about so hot that you you actually burn and so cold that you actually freeze. No, no, no. We're talking about the average swing of temperatures throughout a year. Too cold. Too cold because I can alter it. If I could not alter it, I'm naked. I'm in the elements. Um, I would rather be too hot because at least I can get some sleep. <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I mean. But there cold, comes a certain point where you, if you're too hot, you've taken off all the clothing, and there's no. You can't do anything about it. You become yeah. this guy with like a rag on his head, or you're walking around with a squirt bottle, or you have a, a fan attached to your visor. You're some ridiculous contrivance. You can't do anything about it. You can't get anything done. You just sit there and fan yourself. It's annoying. But cold, you you can still do it. And a matter of fact. Doing things warms you up, so you can go shovel a driveway. Unless and you have also, a heart, heart just condition. as a visitor to New York City, yes, I love New York in the cold. Sure, I loathe New York in the heat. Yes, it's a nightmare, and you trying can't to do it. Subways in the heat. Trying to, you know, I could walk miles during the the fall or winter or spring in New York. Right, it's fine. You know, yeah. and subways are fine. They are absolutely miserable experiences. In the oh. summer. Oh, on a hot day, you don't leave your house. Anyway, so um, what do you so say? Much, much like Mark and Hal, they went too cold. Okay. Oh, good. It seems to be they're reasonable. Mark and Hal are reasonable. Next question. I mean, I mean we kind of have to skip the next one because you don't fly. The next what is one the question is win- window or aisle seat. Well, let's go. You take trains. 
So when do uh, yeah, we all take we all transportation. I like aisle because I got to get up and piss every once in a while. I don't need to look out the window, and I like the idea that um, an aisle gives you a free seat. You know what I mean? Who's sitting next to you in the aisle? Nobody. Yeah, I, I'm also a function of of having a uh, a high weight, <laughs> basically right. at a certain time. Uh, I'm hunkered down by the window, try and lean over and be away from people as much as possible. And I will sit five hour flight. I'll hold it. Restroom's not an issue. Uh, I like, I like to get down in my, this is my cubby hole off to the side away from everyone. This is Fort Ken. Right. You hunker shy. If I'll tell you this, if, if the seat, if I have no, nobody next to me, let's say I have two seats to deal with, right? I'm on a bus or a train or something. I will take the window seat in that case. If there's somebody next to me, I want the aisle. So you want flexibility to get out if you need to without it being a thing. Correct. I have no problem urinating on a on a on anything that moves. <laughs> I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. If there's a bathroom, I'm gonna go use it. Uh, well, they went aisle as well. Good. Uh, so you're you're incorrect. Apparently, you've been outvoted. Well, you know, it happens often, too often. It, it does. It oh, does. Go, no, go ahead. Uh, who's Remember? the best Batman? So who is the best person who has portrayed Batman? So we're talking oh, films, me. animation. Oh, my TV. God. Uh, so uh, we're talking, let's let's do a quick rundown. Wow. We've got uh, Adam West, Michael Keaton, Val mm-hmm. Kilmer, mm-hmm. George Clooney, mm-hmm. uh, Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, uh, yeah, whatever. Kevin Conroy. Yep. And then we're getting into like, you know, uh, not to knock their work, but sort of less like Dietrich Bader. Sure, and, sure, sure. Uh, they, they don't matter. Okay. So um, for me, it's between, I know this sounds weird, Kevin Conroy and Adam West. Betraying two very different Batman. Well, yeah, there's a comical Batman, but the Batman that kind of. I love – and I'm coming from a professional opinion on this, by the way, because it, it's a little bit – it's very close to my wheelhouse, uh, considering that we've actually had Kevin Conroy on the Venture Brothers. Like, it, it's very close. Um, I do professionally, and Kevin's Batman is so good. It's so good. You know what I mean? It really is uh, the way I hear Batman in my head. Christian Bale's Batman is insane. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> And, um, it is more cartoony than any cartoon Batman. It's more cartoony than Scooby Doo. Yeah. It's, it's more cartoony than, than cartoons. I'm Batman. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, um, <laughs> and Adam West is really, uh, uh such a, it's, it's, it's such a great voice. And I guess because I work in animation, I, I I'm thinking voices really more than anything else. So I will go. Maybe I'm a contrarian here. I can. Uh, I'm going to go with Kevin Conroy as Batman. Uh, I would go with Kevin. Uh, I, I is Batman. Nice. Has not disappointed me. Nice. Yes. You know, in the hundreds of hours of things he's done. Oh no, he's um, been a lot of Batman. He's been a lot of yeah. Batman. You know, TV, film, video game. Yeah. He's Anytime he reprises it, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, even when he comes on Venture Brothers for a guest role, I was like, oh my gosh, he's doing Batman on Venture Brothers. I, I, my head couldn't stop saying that's Batman. That's Batman. That's Batman. 
that's Batman. I've never ever wanted anybody to um, do an outgoing message for me ever in my life. But if he was like, God, I really want to do an outgoing message, I would have been like, me, me, do my phone. <laughs> um, but I am not. I would never ask anybody to do that. Uh, so what did uh, Hal and Mark have on this one? Kevin Conroy. Wow. Wow. Clean I thought that sweep. Would, I thought that would have been the weird answer. Okay, good. I'm glad we all agree. Batman. No, come on. Mark Mark totally was fighting for Val Kilmer. <laughs> <laughs> sure he was. <laughs> Val Kilmer. Yeah, no, that's not. It's that's so not underrated, bad. man. You don't you, you not understand what he was trying not, to do. That's not bad. It's not bad. Go ahead. Uh, so the next one is yeah. Twizzlers or Red Vines? So this is a regional question. <sighs> I'm going to tell you, I got a real solid opinion on this. Really solid opinion on this. Um, you, you also, we should say, if I remember correctly, you like black licorice. Love it. Oh my, you know what I like? I like Scandinavian, like German or Scandinavian salted black licorice. It's almost inedible. It's Which just is like not, super strong. Yeah. And salty. It's like dead sea salty, ham salty. Um, it's almost inedible and I love it. There's actually some black licorice right next to me. That's how much I do love it. And it's salted. I love it. And now that I've said that, you're going to be thinking about that. I might even go get one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you hear me chewing, it's that. So, uh, but the cool thing about red licorice, one, it's not licorice. We all, we, we have to understand this. What it is, is candy pasta. It, it's, it's, so you're saying it's the white chocolate of licorice? It's pasta candy. It's made with flour. That's what that consistency is. It is, uh, candy pasta. It's basically sugared pasta. I'm not kidding. It's, it's a, it's a flour thing. And red vine, you really taste the, that mealiness that you get is really tasting the pasta element. So it's it's more of a natural kind of thing. But if you have a Twizzler, it's a little more candy. Weird, yeah, weird modern confection where you don't have that kind of mealiness that really is inherent to the red rope licorice. No, it's like closer to a gummy. Something it like is, a, a denser little, gummy. A little bit, a little bit. By the way, this is just a treat for anybody listening, which I can imagine is tens of people are listening. Uh, get yourself, get yourself a Tootsie Roll and, um, a piece of Twizzler. Bite the Tootsie Roll, bite the Twizzler. Your mouth will go bananas. It is the greatest candy in the world, but they're not owned by the same company. So you can't, you know what I mean? What's, what six year old Doc Hammer devised this? It's After so good. Halloween one it's night. so it's so good. Also, um, six year old Doc Hammer, orange starburst and Tootsie Roll. The six year old in me would roll the Tootsie that, Roll. That more I could see because chocolate and orange yeah. traditionally goes but together. This is how I made them when I was a kid. I would take I would take the uh, starburst and get it warm it and squish it into a round disc. Then I would then I would take the Tootsie Roll, also warm it in my hands, and make it into a ball. And then they would cover the ball with the starburst that I had turned into a disc. You know, you put it in the middle and just cover it and pinch it till it's it's just a starburst on the outside. Then I'd make my own candy and then eat it. Filthy, of course. I mean, it has this, so much this of- reminds me of when, like, you see chefs making dumplings. It's exactly or, what it or is. pasta that here here here's but, uh, Doc's uh, artisanal. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I'm a kid who didn't wash his hands, so like, there's so much brown in it, it's a dirty, filthy thing. Anyways, those two, those flavors are delicious, and and it's hard to eat a Twizzler without a Tootsie Roll. That's how good it is. Um, but um, because I do like Twizzlers and Red Vine, I'm gonna go Red Vine because it is. I like the event. I like the mealiness. I like the Epicurean event of an older candy. And you're talking to a guy that likes Necco wafers which are a little bit better than communion wafers. Not much, a little bit. And the, so one of the basically flavors. like food that punishes you. I like food that you can't find anywhere else. And the minute you can, I don't want it anymore. <laughs> even, <laughs> even your food taster yeah. tweet. I, it's, like, it's weird. I, uh, yeah. It's like, it's like my same with music. Oh, they're too popular. I don't like them anymore. Um, uh, yeah, I like it. I like a singular event. I like, uh, I like treating my mouth to um, something scarce, something beautiful and rare. And I don't drink at all. So I don't have wine. I don't have all these Epicurean events. I have to find them in candy. So, yeah, I'll go Chico Stick over, um, you know, they're horrible. It's terrible candy. I'll go Chico Stick over, uh, what's the, the store one? Butterfinger, which is a talking covered Chico Stick. Now, that, now you know. Um yeah, I like Mary, Mary Jane's, things like that. I like crappy uh, uh, penny candies. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll go red So you've eaten it. so many wax lips in your day. Had a, yeah, sure, of course. And you've downed <laughs> all of those little uh, wax soda pops? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the nickel candy king, Doc Hammer. Yeah. Uh, I can't stand red vines. I can't stand that mealy taste. I'm yeah. not a fan yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's the way it's supposed to be, Ken. That's the flavor. That's the real flavor. That's not the real flavor. That is a, 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 someone who hasn't refined a process yet. Well, no, that I agree <laughs> with. That's that's where I go with with Oreo and Hydrox. Hydrox is the original Oreo, but Oreo is so much better than Hydrox. Hydrox is terrible comparatively. Yeah, Hydrox feels like oh, well, here is here's our first test. Here's our first pass. Yeah, no, and then Oreo's like, I think we can fix this and make it taste less like crap. Um, so what did Mark and Hal go with? Twizzlers. Yeah, you guys are all lame. Go ahead, next next question. You're wrong. But, all, but also, uh, uh, they perceive Twizzlers and Red Vine as a regional thing, where Twizzlers are more popular on the East Coast and Red Vines are a West Coast thing. No, no, I live on the East Coast and I have Red Vines are everywhere. Uh, I think... I don't see them as regional. I, think, I see it as, do you like a a bit of a challenge in your palate? Then go with, because I, I do. I like, again, I like salted licorice. It, I, it, it's awful. I like a little bit of a poison in my uh, flavors. You know what I mean? I like, you know, it sounds like you're hosting a horrible post-apocalyptic game show. Do you like no. a bit of challenge in your palate? No, but there are, they like, as an adult palate, like coffee, have you ever had it? It's terrible. It's the worst thing in the world. But I like it because it, it's just there's something bitter and yucky about it that I just I, I like I like it. <laughs> it sums you up so well. Yeah, I, I, it's, I, it's like poison. I think we all like a little bit of poison. I like cigarettes. I like these things that are just a little bit poisony so, tasting. So that's why you like black licorice. Why <laughs> you like black coffee? <laughs> it's correct. I'll tell you why I like black licorice because I grew up in a house with a million kids in it, and if somebody bought. Jelly beans, by the time I got to only black. So I learned to like black licorice. And then it, you know what I mean? So those were I Dock Street. 
Yeah. It, it, you would think I would like orange popsicles for the same reason, because they're the only ones that are left. Uh, uh, no. I still want the, I still want red. <laughs> it only works for jelly beans. It yeah, doesn't when work for When popsicles. you grow up believing that color is a flavor. Well, it is, because I know red could be anything. It could be strawberry, it could be cherry. It could just be red, that weird jello red flavor you get in hospitals. Yeah. <laughs> the, the red. Red, red is uh, usually the better candy. If you're picking something and you pick it out, and you're like, oh, I don't know what they taste like. Do you red is a red safe bet. Yeah, but yellow, I like a lemon. I like a lemon flavor to things. Oh, le- lemon are either the best or the worst. You can't trust lemon. Where do you stand on sour apple? If, if I can find it, but then I can't go for green because it could be anything. It could be lime. I don't know where it's going to be. Like it's like a, a Jolly Rancher. That's like uh, a if, Jolly Rancher sour apple. Sour apple is great. Sour apple gum is good too. I like sour apple. It's good flavor. Let's go into the next question. Next question: Best Marvel movie. I'm so sick of I'm so sick of Marvel movies. X Men Two. X Men Two. You're insane. It's my impulse. My impulse. X Men 2. Uh, What was the last time you watched that? Those are all garbage. I just remember loving it when it came out. Huge. Yeah, but Uh, the bar was so low. I know. (laughs) Uh, I'm just, I'm late with my impulse. X Men 2. Okay. Uh, I mean, so far off the map. (laughs) Of course I am. It's crazy. It's a crazy answer. I want to say. You know, if I were an adult, it was like, oh. You know, if you were an adult, what are you? <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> you know, the right. thing was like, oh, the Winter Soldier is so mature for a superhero film. But you know what? Having rewatched it, I really like the first Captain America film. And I think it works in astounding ways that it should not have been able to pull off. I can tell you what the worst one is. It's the one I just saw, which is like the one – it's one of the, the – I don't know what it's called. It was so miserable. Uh, also, the last Thor movie, the Ragnarok or whatever it's called. You mean the one that everyone else loved? Terrible. Passion? Yeah, let me tell you why it's terrible. I am so sick of high stake. I'm so sick of high stake superhero movies. Of course, I'm a Venture Brothers guy, so obviously I'm sick of high stakes Venture because <laughs> I, I like people talking. But I'm so sick of like everybody joking around during an apocalypse. I'm sick of it. Be small. Like somebody save a cat for crying out loud. Like say somebody save up. Where's my friendly neighborhood Spider-Man doing very low key, which, you know, I really should vote for homecoming because that was a good point. Um, I'll let you retract X-Men too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you that's, really should. <laughs> yeah. That's that, that Spider-Man homecoming was pretty good. It was like a friendly, I, I'm sick of high stakes. Superhero movies. I'm sick of like, oh, we got to save the planet. Like, well, somebody just saved a person. Like, I, I can't relate to these. Like, oh, I, I got to run around collecting stones for the magical stones, unless or half the universe dies. Like, what the what the hell? So, Please? so, so, are you in the same? Because Jackson also is not a big fan of cosmic comic books. That whole cosmic I universe. Of, I agree with him. I should write with him. You should. <laughs> Imagine what you two could do together. Oh, my God. I agree with him so much professionally. I agree with him all the time because we do the same thing. Yeah. No, of course I agree with Jackson. I'm sick of cosmic comic books. I, but I'll go one higher. I'm sick of high stakes. I'm sick of it. 
So you want like, a you want a human scale. I want something I can relate to. By the way, kids, have you all seen the Venture Brothers? If we keep it cool, and it's a very relatable. There's not there's not a lot of crazy in it. It's uh you know there's a lot of there's a lot of crazy in it. It's just it's well, it's, relatable. it's it's crazy buffo and it's crazy wacky, but it is it's very relatable. I think the high stakes are um, uh, people not getting along or people they're, getting along very well. They're very personal stakes. Yes, that's what I like. I I I want them to to take it back a notch. I really do. You want intimate stories. I want stories that I can relate to as a human being. I'm not a wizard. Well, maybe I am. Who knows? I, I did do a few. Yeah. I did do a few years in Azkaban, but that doesn't make me a wizard. <laughs> you were also not officially released. Let's be clear. Yeah, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. I got <laughs> I got tatted up, so they wouldn't me with magic. Um, but you like so the Harry Potter films, right? Yeah, of course. Potter films are awesome. You like the Lord of the Rings films? Yes, for a completely different reason. Because they're so serious. I, lo- I love how serious they are. I, it, it, it really is like watching uh, a school play. You know what I mean? Like a giant school play. And I, I appreciate that. With school play acting, in some cases. Some cases, yeah. No, it really feels like a high-budget school play, but it, it's it, there's a beauty to it. I, I do love when Ian McKellen is in, I'm acting to a theater mode. Even though yeah. he's on screen, it's so great. It's so great. He's on, he's on stage on screen, like well mic'd. It's like you know, you don't have to orate. What is your favorite Marvel movie? There's so many of them, but like I, I really do like Captain America, the first Avenger, the the first Captain America film, just because it's it's fun, but it pulls off the origin and and but it most of all Chris Evans' performance grounds that character. Yeah. Uh, in a sincerity, in watching that film felt like watching Christopher Reeve and Superman. The the what are you talking about? The first, the first Captain America film. The first of I, no, I agree that felt really good because he he took it seriously. He no, he invested I, 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 himself. I agree, and I really wanted to like um, as you would guess. I really wanted to like Doctor Strange, but here's the problem. I didn't dislike it. There's, so you know what I mean? It became kind of mediocre in my head. Because I'm like, oh, I'm going to hate this because it's not me. I want it to be me. I should have written this. I should have been Doctor Strange. So I went into it with like my ego on 20. It was just really cranked up. And I, I, I okay, which was the worst response. Like, I don't want it to be okay. I either wanted to hate it or love yeah, but it. You, but you had already put it so far down the well. <laughs> that for it to make it up to okay is astounding. No, it must have been okay. I mean, really okay for it to be okay, but it's okay. I mean, it. it I really wish I, you had gone to the the screening with us because I went with uh, uh, Jackson and yeah. uh, John Hodgman. Yeah, we all went to an advanced screening, and you were invited, and you resolutely, absolutely. I, I, there, there was too much. I had to watch that. I didn't watch it in the theaters. I watched it very quietly. I purchased a DVD. It sat around for a long time. And then I finally put it on. I was alone and I took a deep breath. I'm like, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch this thing and not try to flip. And it was fine. It was fine. But you were very adamant about not being with people. and I did not want to see it in public. 
Because if it, it, I, I could have reacted terrible. I could have stood up and said, "What is this travesty? What is this farce?" Like um, that is not my Doctor Strange. Yeah, like like a, who was it? Antonin Artaud that did that. I think it was Antonin Artaud who stood up in like a theater and started screaming, "What made this?" I'm. I have to say, it's an old. It's 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 an actual thing that happened in literature. You know, who, who made this performance? Like I, I thought I was going to do like a total psychopath stand up and make a jackass of myself so I didn't want to go. By the all-seeing eye of Agamotto. Yeah, that was, was all wrong. <laughs> um, but it was fine. What was your favorite Marvel film? That it was a Captain America. What is Hal and Mark like? Hal and Mark like Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow. Those... They they have no problem with I have no problem with the cosmic side. My favorite book is Fantastic Four. So I have I have no problem with cosmic No, I, I it was it was fine. It was it's successful. It's a very funny film. It works a lot, but I don't. It's not the kind of why I sign up for Marvel movies. You know? So I'll go. I'll go toss it between Captain America and Spider Man because Spider Man was another one that I was like I was so burnt out on Spider Man movies. So what's and, the, it, and new Spider Man <laughs> that I was just yeah. like, is this gonna? You know what? I take it all back. You know what my favorite one is because this I know episode, what it is. This, I know this what episode it is. they did. I can tell you right now. I can tell you right now what it is. It's Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Masterpiece. You got it. <laughs> I mean, Doug Jones, his yeah. his performance of the Silver Surfer in that, incredible. Awesome. awesome. The awesome. cloud version of Galactus, amazing. Awesome. awesome. The, the stakes in that. Oh, the awesome. humor? Yeah, no, the humor is top notch. Also, hotly anticipated, absolutely. After that first one, I couldn't wait for a second one. I'm like, oh, they refined the burn victim makeup for the thing. It was, yeah, yeah. Oh, they, oh and, and the, the the funny gags with Mister Fantastic and stretching. Hilarious. I'll leave it. Uh, Spider Man into the Spider Verse. That's my new favorite. I take everything back. Moving on. Okay. Uh, uh, eighteen, episode eighteen. Do you pronounce it GIF or Jif? I don't know how I pronounce it. I think I pronounce it uh, GIF because it's spelled that way, right? Yes. Yeah. But, By the way, GIF is GIF is a peanut butter. But this was a this was a uh, this was a hot topic yeah. years ago when they recorded this episode because the creator of the GIF compression format came out decades after the general public had accepted it to be GIF, saying no, it's supposed to be GIF. You can't do that. No, you can't do a director's cut on a, on on a pronunciation. Yeah, on a pronunciation. You can't that do it. Millions that are yeah, millions that arrived at. So what did uh, Howard Mark have for the, for that one? GIF. Yeah, yeah, we all do. You have GIF, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. And yes, GIF is a peanut butter. Uh, GIF is peanut butter. 19. Marvel or DC? <laughs> Come on. Next question. What kind of word is ridiculous? <laughs> You gotta say, you gotta say it. That's ridiculous. That's like saying uh, coffee or diarrhea. Like what? That's ridiculous. So Doc is saying DC. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, Marvel. Um, As much as I love Batman and Aquaman, because I do. uh, That's it. That's that's it. Marvel changed it. Marvel changed everything. That come on. That's not. Okay, We're, obviously we know what they said. Okay, 
We're going to rapid fire through the next couple of ones. That way we can say that we got it to 25 and we'll we'll table this for the future. Maybe we'll come back if people care enough after listening to this to say they want more. Maybe in the future we'll do, but rapid fire. I got nothing to do. I'm convalescing. So go ahead. I mean, I'm trying to also write the Venture Brothers, but I can still do this. Go ahead. I don't want to be the one that delays the Venture Brothers. Everything delays, everything delays the Venture Brothers. So there's, there's nothing. But damn it, it's not going to be me. Yeah. Moon phases. (laughs) Everything delays the Venture Brothers. But go ahead. Go ahead. Man, the wind's blowing a little odd tonight. No, no, blow the wind. Change the Venture Brothers. (laughs) No new venture tonight. Yeah. Oh, uh, my, my, my venture knee is starting to creak. We're like, go ahead. Whoops, Doc saw his shadow. Uh, <laughs> no no venture clothes for a year. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, best ice cream flavor. Uh, it's coffee, I believe. Really? Yeah. Wow. Since, since childhood. Since childhood. Since childhood? Yeah, always. As a child, always. likes coffee-flavored ice cream. Always. Whose, whose parent is buying them coffee-flavored ice cream? Mine. Was, uh, always coffee. It's delicious. Was that uh, your parents' favorite? Because you normally don't get to try something like that unless they have it in the house. I'm sure. I'm sure it's my dad's favorite. Uh, coffee is my favorite. My second would be pistachio. I know it's weird, but pistachio. I like pistachio. Um, then I like those praline butter pecan kind of flavors. You know what I mean? And, uh, I like, I like the Dolce de Leche that they make over there at Hagen does. That is delish. I mean, I thought I was talking to a time traveler for a moment there. Yeah. Oh, I got, I got it slightly more modern with, 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 uh, yeah, with the Hagen dazs then you, the you, you suddenly took a left turn. We already, to... I already told you that all my favorite flavors are these, Impossible to find flavors in that other people don't want. Well, I want some pistachio praline. Oh, yeah. No, th- believe me, if they made moxie ice cream, I'd buy it immediately. Immediately. Who wants some of that zep? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly what I want. Uh, okay, well, uh, Mark and Hal chose uh, mint chocolate chip. Ooh, which very, I would probably go with. I very like good. Chip. It's a very good ice cream. It's not my favorite, but. Uh, it's a solid combo of flavors. Yeah, it's delicious. I know people that don't like it, though. You know when you're in that store and you're like, what kind of ice cream do you guys want to get? And everyone's like, blah, 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 blah. And then there's one person who goes, I don't like mint chocolate chip. And you look at them like, what's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? I also like – I I, I want to say and I'll like ask for strawberry ice cream. But then it's too much when I get it. It's like now, oh, oh gosh. Yeah. Oh, have you ever had strawberry quick and you're like, oh, that's good. It's a nostalgia flavor. Terrible. Terrible. Oh, it is, it is the worst, most chemical flavor. Oh, it is terrible. It tastes a little bit like, um. It tastes like a manufacturing process. Yeah. It's awful. Okay. Next question. Next question is best Monty Python film. Oh my God. Holy grail, obviously. Although, you know what? My favorite is Life of Brian, but. Changed the world, and you can't, you know, uh, it, it it made so many jokes that you wish you wrote, and so many jokes that people kept writing. You know, I mean, how many years did it take for that rabbit to become just a con- cultural phenomenon? It's one of those things where I go, you know, it's that film movie divide. We're like, on a intellectual level, Life of Brian is a better film. Oh, absolutely. On an emotional level, Holy Grail is a better film. Right. So, so nobody was going with any of the other films, right? The way I love 2010 over 2001. 
I can appreciate 2001 as a m- much better film. Right. But 2010 is a much more enjoyable movie. That might be right. Okay. Um, so I would say, I'm going to say Holy Grail. It changed, it changed the world. Mark and Hal picked Holy Grail. Yeah, of course. Okay. Uh, next one, shower or bath? Well, I have a lot of opinions on that now that I'm a paraplegic. Because when I first got out of the hospital, um, I had to have this like terrible plastic shower seat, like an old person. And it was awful. I hated it. Now that I'm kind of moving around and stuff, I could take a bath. And I'm enjoying the bath. And I, I wasn't a bath guy. I thought they were ridiculous. Like, who wants? It's like bathing to get clean, and then you're sitting in dirty water. Yeah. But there, any anytime I would take a bath, I always took a shower, then a bath. Yeah. Well, I I, I can't. I, I also I would let the well. I'm talking pre pre being crippled. I, I hated baths, and plus I had the worst bath in the world. But I have this horrible like uh, you see my my bath. It's from like 1903. It's it, you can't clean it. Um, so no, I would never take it. No, you're a- basically <laughs> sitting in corrosion. If it's, yeah, and it's <laughs> unclean, it. uncleanable. And the shower barely, it's a horrible, horrible shower. But now that I have a good one at my uh, house, the apartment one still sucks. It'll always suck. But now that I have a good one, I'm starting to appreciate baths. It's a nice clean, it's, it's, you can just sit there, uh, you know, you, you put on, put on, put, put your computer on the toilet and watch some Netflix and something and really just enjoy it. So, for getting clean, shower. <laughs> just like it's quick. You just shower. It makes sense. But to really enjoy the event of um, washing, bath. So um, For relaxing. And I really miss showers. Hopefully I'll be able to take them again soon. But uh, I'm going to go with shower because <laughs> they, they really were the best. I love those damn showers. I want to do them again. So I'm going to couch this in an admission. What? My favorite is wash. You know, a shower. So you're yeah. completely washed. Yeah. Then uh, leave the shower curtain closed. Yeah. Sit down in the tub. And fill it with your shower. And fill it with the shower. But what I would also do as a kid. You bring, you'd bring the Gilligan's Island playset, right? I, yeah. I also had a Gilligan's Island playset, yeah. yes. Uh, I brought comic books. Oh, I remember that. I remember that you had the water comic books. An idiot. Uh, I would bring in one Luke Skywalker, um, one dinosaur. Because <laughs> like, my parents never really bought me a lot of toys. It was a um, – I still have it. Brontosaurus? Had to have it's a, a it's a it's, it's a green, hard, plastic brontosaurus. I have it still. You've probably seen it. You never get rid of your green brontosaurus. Um, yeah, Luke Skywalker, green brontosaurus. And a dog that I got at a garage sale that I later found out because we have an internet now is part of the, I think they're called the Adventure People playset made by PlaySchool. But it was kind of the right scale for Luke. So Luke had a, <laughs> Luke had a collie that most of his color had been washed off of from the kid who played with it before I did. Thank you. <laughs> The collie, a dinosaur. Collie, I sold the Luke, obviously. Um, Collie, the di- I sold the dinosaur. The collie, I might have. My mom might have thrown it out. Every once in a while, she calls me and say, uh, "Oh, I found this box, and she'll describe it. Do you want it?" And she she lists insane things. Um, it, it might have been in one of the boxes that she threw out. So I might have lost the collie. But the Luke one, she's like, hey, "There's a this and a Luke Skywalker." I'm like, "Keep it." 
Keep it. <laughs> Most important thing in my childhood. Don't throw that out. The house is huge. How dare you? Got to keep your shower, Luke. Yeah, keep the shower, Luke, who most of the color washed off. His hair was, you know. I mean, white. now you're taking baths again. Now's the time to get back that Luke. I can't play anymore. No, no, I just no, now I just <laughs> sit in there and watch Netflix. You could play. You could you could prop Luke up and let him watch. I Netflix, tried. I you? tried. I was talking. I think Ben tried this too when we went home one time. We found all our toy. Ben from uh, he makes a tick. Um, we went home at one point and we found our old toys and we, we were kind of quiet and alone. We're like, I'm going to try playing with my toys. Like we're just like, get, you know, done, like really just digging like in earnest. Like I'm going to really, this is now the time that I'm, I'm going to go for this. This is real. Uh, play with my toys and, you know, hold them up and try a little adventure kind of thing. I was able to sustain it for six minutes. And then I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. <laughs> but six minutes of, oh, we got to go over here and get into the X-Wing. And then you're like, oh, the scale's off. Don't worry about it because it was the X-Wing was shrank in a previous episode. Like I started to get real obsessed with the way things work and stuff. Yeah. Doesn't sound like you at all. Yeah. Having to explain the hole in Luke's foot while I'm playing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it was a planter's wart that I had removed. Don't worry about it. You know what? I totally try the reading a shower comic again. Yeah, should. Mark uh, uh, and uh, uh, Halgo. Totally practical. They went shower. Shower? Yeah. Oh, I see Hal enjoying a bath. I see Mark enjoying a shower. That's the way I see these gentlemen. Well, Mark is you know Mark is also city Mark. Yeah, of course. Hal Hal is suburban Hal. Yeah. So if anyone's going to enjoy the shower, it's going to be Mark. You, you, yeah. you got to get out to an audition. You got to get out to. You got to get yourself clean and get going. All right. What's yeah. the next question? Let's get these. Next one Ooh. is best Pixar film. We got three more to go. Best Pixar film. Uh, most the one I enjoyed the most, believe it or not, was Toy Story three. Uh, I can't believe the third edition of anything is that good. Those Toy Stories are great films. Um, I'm going to say. Pick your Toy Story. They're, 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 they're all great twos, but not the best one. But Toy Story 1 or Toy Story 3 is my favorite Pixar film. I really like Coco and uh, a lot of emotion and up. What is Coco? Coco is the one that came out last year. Tell me the plot. Uh, the day, of the, day, of the, day of the Dead. That's one with the guitar, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah Kid in the fine. Guitar, Land of the Dead, yes. It's fine. Coco. Pixar makes amazing films. Um I will go with uh, Toy Stories 3. Mark and Hal went with. You like that little introduction voice? Yeah, I know. When are you going to give me a gift? Yay, the birthday clowns. <laughs> uh, a pony. They went with Toy Story 3. Yeah, that's why I like those guys. Uh, so that, and they're on our show. So I like them for that, too. <laughs> soda, pop, or Coke? What do you call a carbonated beverage? I call it soda. From I'm I'm from the uh, Northeast. We call it soda here. That's totally regional. That has nothing to do with preference. What do I like to hear? I like to hear seltzer or pop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that totally fits in with, with you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. My 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 pop feels vintage. Yes, as does soda water or tonic. Um, but sounds I, lazy. Coke sounds ridiculous. That's a brand name. I, you, that works with Band Aid. 
That works with Kleenex. It does not work with soda because if you ask for a Coke, you're going to get a different flavor. If you ask for a Kleenex, nobody's going to bring you like a flavored Kleenex. That, you see where I'm going with this, right? Go get, you know, go do a you know, Xerox this for me. Yeah. Aspirin's a brand name. Sure. Everyone knows what you're talking about. Okay, uh, thank you. Cases. So, yes, they, they went with soda as well. And, yes, I grew up with soda uh, as well. Okay, perfect. Next. Uh, this one, I don't know. Think You don't have any perspective on this. So the last one, you have no perspective, which is best Disney parks ride. Um, well, I do. I do. I know of the rides. Um, it's the haunted house where, the, where, the, where they drop you down an elevator, but you think the ceiling's rising, and then you walk under the park. Well, guess what? What? Uh, I'm with you on that because I was the guest on this episode and I picked Haunted Mansion as well. Yeah, that's because that's the coolest one. Do you know who didn't pick Haunted Mansion? Who? Oh, I Mark, can tell you. Mark uh, Gagliardi. I was going to say Mark, not Hell. Yeah. Mark likes the teacup ride. What does he like? <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. No, that's, that's legitimate. As far as the two iconic themed rides yeah. of classic Disneyland, those are the two. Did Hal pick Haunted Mansion? Hal pick Haunted Mansion. In fact, it was a tie because it was uh, two against two. And how dare you not think that Doc Hammer has a preference for something he's never experienced? How dare you? I forgot. Yeah. I, I forgot the ultimate Doc Hammer law is he has an opinion on everything. Yes. And well, I'm, I'm overly self-educated. I'm an autodactyle. I, I have, I have the information. It doesn't mean I've had the experience, you know, but one day, one day we are actually going on that ride. You can go on that as far as with your, your inner ear issues. That is one you could go on. That oh. is not a coaster ride. Yeah, no, I can. I'll, I'll, I'll take you over that. You know I will. We also we need to go to Star Wars. We're, we're going on a road trip. We need to go to. Yeah. We're going to go to Star Wars Land when that opens. Wait till more. Wait till more ambulatory. I, I can't go anywhere. It takes me forever it's to. It's not anything. open yet. We're talking like at least at least six months down the road. Dude, this baloney you've been trying to drag me through for your entire life. Uh, let's do let's do a parting question for the kids. It's for the kids, it's stuck with us. One more, sure. Because I'm, I'm enjoying. It. Somebody asking my opinion is pretty much my childhood dream because I established that in the beginning. Well, so you know what? I can't. I, that I'm, that I'm going to scroll through real quick. Yeah. I'm going to let you, uh, while I'm scrolling through the pick, like the ultimate one I would like you to, to deliver your opinion on. Go ahead. Of the, you know, 150 plus other ones, 175 we haven't gone through. Uh, I want to go through all of them. I want to go through all of why don't you tell all the kids yeah. some fake information about Venture Brothers and what's coming up? Well, right now, while you scroll through, don't listen to me, even though I'm fascinating. Ken. Try not to be fascinating. Um, I continue out. Dex and I are working on. <laughs> yeah, we're working on it. Like we have this um, plot with all this information of like where these characters go and all the interconnections and the nonsense. Um, and we're trying to figure out how much we can jam into a season and still have fun writing uh, episodes that are the kind that everybody hates. You know, <laughs> the, the stupid standalone fetish episodes. Uh, so we're right now we're working out like what our big arc is, and then we're going to start uh, um, writing in our like, really pounding it out. We're so we're doing big picture stuff right now. 
that's what's going on with Venture Brothers. And it's going to be amazing. I loved last season. I hope everybody else did. What do you got? Anything? You know what? What? I'm going to throw a curveball because we arrived at a good, solid no, thing for. No, you're, 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 you're talking to a guy that can, I, I can hit it. I'm, I'm Babe Ruth. I don't know. There are no curveballs. I can hit them all out do. of the park. I'm going right. to give you a question that they haven't tackled yet. Ridiculous. Go ahead. Which it's ridiculous they haven't tackled this yet. Yeah. Best vegetable. Oh god. My 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 knee jerk opinion is spinach because it is so great. It's it's super vegetable. It has that earthy taste, and you can you can you can dress it up and make it uh, spicy or oh god, spinach is so awesome. You can eat it raw. You can eat it cooked. You can boil it. You do everything but bake it. Bake spinach doesn't work out. It's a leaf. It'll just disappear. <laughs> um, God. My, 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 my three favorites are spinach, Brussels sprouts, and then somewhere between like a green bean and an haricot vert, which means green bean. <laughs> Except in England, they call them haricot beans, which means bean beans. Because, uh, which is funny. Um, to me, I find it funny. Uh, so yeah, spinach, super vegetable. And if you don't like spinach, then kale is, is also, it just tastes so vegetable-y. I never used to like spinach as a kid. Yeah. And I kept trying it because Popeye. Right. Popeye's out of the can. It's terrible. I don't know how he does that. Awful tasting. You know when spinach finally clicked for me? Uh, a spinach salad. No. Uh, two, gosh, yeah, two years ago, Brooklyn mm-hmm. Diner, introduced to me by uh, John Hodgman, mm-hmm. uh, because it was the go-to order for a mutual friend of ours, David Reese, steamed spinach. You had a, you had a, did, you've never had spinacopita? You've never had I, no. spinach pie, really? And this was a side order. Spedicopita. Spedicopita. Prepared. You know, it may be the most god. You may turn your nose up on and go, this is awful. This is like the worst steamed spinach ever. Right. No, I've me, never had it that finally, spinach. It finally clicked. And now that was my, for the dozens of times now, when I've gone back uh, and eaten at that diner, yeah. that well, is my go-to order. I've never had bad spinach. Uh, spinach is amazing. I will say this. I probably had spinach every day for the past 10 years. Every day. That's how much I love spinach. There's spinach in my, I have frozen spinach in the freezer and I have fresh spinach in the refrigerator. Love it. No spinach ice cream? Um, you know, for ice cream, no, that would be disgusting. You, it's, the great thing about <laughs> spinach is that it has, it has this amazing earthy taste and it's so flexible. It, it is a very earthy taste. Yeah, love it. Oh my god, my Michael gets some after we get off the phone. You, can, yeah. it's it's a very metallic taste oh, as well. So I'm swooning, Ken. It's so delicious. Are you gonna go have some spinach afterwards? It's so good. Um, yeah, but I love them, with the exception of broccoli, which I love, but it gives me terrible, terrible gas. Really awful gas. Can't have it. And not the gas that goes out the back door. The gas that comes right up to the front door. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of, oh, 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 I'm sorry. Painful. The one where you're going, is that a heart attack? Is that it? Is this is, 
The one where you do it and you're like, oh, it tastes exactly like it did a second ago. Like it, <laughs> your, your stomach barely processes it. It just it feels like emergency venting. Yeah, oh, it's all, yeah, you can't stop doing it. So as much as I love broccoli, and I used to, I used to eat it raw, but it would, would just it hated me. Gift that kept on giving. Well, you know what? There we go. We've, we've actually answered one that they haven't decided yet. So eventually they're going to tackle that and we'll see what they have to say. Oh, those, they're not vegetable guys. They're going to come up with something. Like, Hal's going to say tomato. Yeah. <laughs> as if it's a vegetable. It's, it's barely a vegetable. <laughs> and it's, you know what it is? It's, it's a nice Mark's the adventurous one. Mark will have tomato is legally a berry. I think we all know that all the nerds out there are like, it's a berry. It's a berry. It's a giant Mark's, berry. Mark's a foodie. Mark yeah. would say something like, maybe like cauliflower, Mark might say. Cauliflower? It's a white vegetable. It doesn't even count. <laughs> so, so again, are we back to the white chocolate? Of yeah, vegetables? it doesn't count. Vegetables are green. They're just green. <laughs> Where are you on a fried green tomato? Would you like that? You know I don't eat fried foods. Hardline unfried. Got to keep my slim girlish figure. Hardline unfried. Well, I mean, you've managed to keep it, so you're doing something right. Yeah, I'm doing something right. <laughs> no, for, no fried foods. Uh, and, and Twizzlers with um, uh, Tizzy Rolls. Those keep me nice and sure. <laughs> but fried Twizzlers, out. Yeah. You would think I eat Not a lot of candy. There. I don't eat a lot of candy, but when I do, I love it. I love my candy. All right. Well, I hope people like this because I would love to field more questions about oh, – I love voicing my opinion. Well, let us know. Uh, everyone can go to the uh, We Got This Facebook group. Uh, join up there. Uh, they can follow We Got This on Twitter. We Got This Tweets. Uh, let us know that you like this. Uh, I, I have a, I have a fear that they'll be like, will somebody shut him up? That's my fear. <laughs> How, yeah. I, I'm, I'm my going to – let me appeal to everybody as human to human. <laughs> Get past the fact that I I speak with this horrible uh, uh, there's an obnoxiousness to me that I I agree it sounds like I'm that but I'm I'm a good kind giving person I'm a fair decent person you can tell that my opinions are are they're uh, they're just they're just with the exception of X Men that was crazy okay I went yeah, to I don't a, know what you yeah X Men too it was a youthful kind of like oh I remember loving it but um uh, I changed my opinion on that well, for the most part they're just opinions and I think I speak for the contrarian out there and I know you're out there I I, I know there's somebody no, out there no they're going, not see there see Ken's one too <laughs> <laughs> Underneath that gritty veneer, right there is a a heart of marshmallow fluff. Right underneath the, his his silk suit that he wears alone in his own home, uh, there instead of all the affectation. Yeah, yeah. Underneath that, there is there is a a lovely uh, heart that beats strong. And I speak for the the common man. Not really, really not. I'm speaking. <laughs> And the trees. He speaks for the trees. I know. I, I insulted everybody who wears shorts. So maybe they're. Uh, did. It's, yeah. Did. You're a monster. I'm, I'm irredeemable. Yeah. Maybe nobody cares about my ridiculous opinion. So the best thing we can do is say goodbye, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for making it through to the uh, end of this nightmare. And make sure before your parents come to pick you up, you grab your goodie bags. They're by the door. Oh, oh, the clown's back. Yay. Birthday clown. And one more round of happy birthday to Doc. We, we, yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Bye, everybody. Goodbye. People of the world. And there we go. <laughs> Fantastic.